on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt Nick returned to the glassy fields of Mandalore to break down an epic episode of The Mandalorian while also speculating on who the other spy may be and how the finale will play out. They'll use a concerning post from one of the main cast members to guide their predictions and unless he's trolling, fans are in for a day of emotional chaos. After Mando Hour, they'll put Bad Batch S2 to bed with a top moments retrospective, plus they'll share who will be playing Thrawn's bodyguard in the Ahsoka series. Of course, the show will end with the Question of the Week segment and the latest round of Top 5 Star Wars Fan Artist Features. Bunch of chewy. everybody we're here a little late but we made it who cares right this shit's free anyways so we don't want to hear any bitching you know i thought i fixed the stuttering but that's just not going to be the case mm-hmm. who cares we, we we got something going on here frames are down to 25 15 why does stuff not work after i've tested it who gives a shit? I'm sure something's changed, but it doesn't matter. We're here. We're ready to talk some Star Wars. We've got Mando, obviously, to talk about last week's killer episode, and then we're going to set up and talk about the finale that's dropping tomorrow. So we're kind of having like a little little pre-watch party here, I guess. I mean, I guess that's one good thing about having the SWTS on Tuesdays before new Star Wars Day. Um, but anyways, like I said, I thought it was going to be a cleaner experience today, but that's not looking... <laughs> to be the case so who gives a shit it's gonna be all choppy again i promise you nick i'll show you the video i had frame rates smoothed out i had the scrolling text looking good <laughs> uh but something literally is just broken right now so oh well here we go can't wait to oh we got a new feature maybe check this out see if it's working here for those that come to the live stream by the way live stream if you want to join 5p east or as close as we can get youtube.com slash star wars time show uh, but yeah, if it's working, which it's probably not, depending uh, based on what I'm seeing here, but uh, we can now, or we used to be able to pop up comments, and that's not happening either, so I'm just going to give up today. <laughs> I really, I can't fucking win. Oh yeah, there you go. I think it's working. I'm just looking on a delay. So there you go, Nova Toymation coming in hot. That should uh, maybe pop up on the screen at some point in time. Maybe, uh, maybe when my... Maybe when my frame rate's fucking clear. I don't know what's going on here, but I'm not going to spend time worrying about it. Because we got Star Wars to talk about. Nick sold his house. That's a bonus. My basement is flooding, so we're finally getting that fixed, Nick. That's my, uh, my, this is my 2023 fuck you for buying a home gift. Um, anyone that's a homeowner, you know, everyone's like, hey, Yo, buy a home. Don't rent. Renting's for for idiots. And then you buy a home, and you realize that the the costs don't just stop with the purchase and the mortgage. In fact, and and Nick, even in a new house, has experienced some of this. You're pretty much on the hook for at minimum, I'd say two to three thousand dollars a year, and just random bullshit that'll pop up in the house. And and this year's random bullshit is definitely. Uh, the basement so yeah, yeah. The, those of you on the stream you see all the shit down here i'm in the basement 
Guess whose little happy ass has to move all his collectibles away from that far wall behind me? Me! Yay! I get to take down all those goddamn Barbies and dust them finally after three years and move glass shells. And let me tell you, I'm super excited about the weekend uh, when I'm going to have to put all the shit back. So, you know, Nick, uh, he, he's lamenting the fact that he's going through some, you know, the, the red tape of buying and, and selling a house. And, and I get it. I try to steer clear of this type of nonsense because to me, Nick, what I'm doing and kind of what you're doing since you just bought a house and now you're getting another one. It, to me, it's, it's akin to writing a, you know, a 10,000 word essay and then having word crash and you have to redo it all again. Like I just, I don't, my brain is not equipped to handle that type of shit. You know what I mean? Like I just, the fact of, oh, I got to move all my figures and then I got to move them all back is really giving me a little bit of heartburn right now. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's a white, white man's problems, but you can kind of see is. behind me that some of the stuff on my shelves have been packed up. You can see off in the corner over here, I have two boxes stacked up. So the, the packing has begun. Um, I will say that we will be hiring movers because if you don't hire movers, it's just so much of a pain in the fucking ass that like it's it's just not worth it so um yeah so uh we started packing the closing the close date on our uh house that we're in now that we are selling is in is may 9th and then uh the estimated close date for our new house is may 15th so hopefully that gets confirmed soon uh because we still don't have confirmation from the builder that that that's correct so uh we'll see <laughs> but yeah, it's just a lot of red tape bullshit. Sign this paper, sign this paper. You didn't get this paper. We didn't get this paper. So just uh, you know, let, let, let us be done with the paperwork and just move on to the, the moving part. Yeah, of it. dude. <laughs> it's a, it's a which, which is which is still going to suck even with movers. But kudos to you. Like I I know people my age, you know, Nick, Nick's almost 10 years younger than me. But I, I saw people my age asking like, hey, you, you want to help move? And it's like. No, hey, go get a fucking job and pay movers to do it. I'm I'm in my 40s. I am no longer helping friends move for free for like a you know some fucking free beer or a dinner. You know what I'm saying? It, it's movers or busts when once you hit a certain level or in life. Yeah, I mean, like if you're, you're, you're moving, just a freeloading piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, like if you're moving a one bedroom apartment, and you're in your 20s, fine. But if you're moving a fucking three four bedroom house and you're like trying to get people to help you move for free. It's like, I get it. You don't want to spend the money, but also like spend the money and just save yourself and everybody else. The problems. So, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. Know. So he's, he's not moving far. Just he's moving on up as they like to say to the, the East side or the West side, not the North side or South side. I don't know the song. So who cares? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's fun. I, I wish I, I could get over the fact that this setup is complete piss. And I know when it, I know no one else cares and it really doesn't matter because really when it comes down to it, you just want to hear the words coming out of our mouth. But someone that spent a little bit of time last week trying to fix this piece of shit, it's um, it's a bit demoralizing. You know, what I mean, Nick, you, you you tinker with technology and software and customizing stuff. And, you know, you know how it is. You, you, you put the time in you research. You, you, you put the new the, the changes into the system, you test the fucking system, and yet when you go live, it's still 
wants to take a 12 inch dildo and stick it up your ass. Um, and, and that's kind of where I'm at right now as I'm with, you know, puppy tears looking at my FPS still can't even get close to 30 and there's nothing governing it to tell it it can't. So fuck off OBS. Fuck everything. Let's talk about the Mandalorian. All right, let's go. Let's go. That's right. You know, some of you on, on the, uh, the West Coast over there, you're all like, hey, it's, it's Mando finale day today because you guys get to watch it at midnight. But for the rest of us, finale day is Wednesday. So uh, don't worry. We're here to speculate the living shit out of the finale, drop some predictions based on hints we've, we've seen on the interwebs. Uh, of course, we're going to tackle the, the real Brendan Wayne post that kind of got the Mando internet all abuzz last week. With uh, something that I, I'd imagine someone from Disney tapped him on the shoulder. I'm like, I don't know, man. That's a little. That's getting Close. a little too. Yeah, a little too much. Especially from you, who is literally credited as a main cast member. Does everyone else realize that that Brendan and Latif are listed right there with Katie and and Carl and and Jean Carlo these days? So I mean, they they are the leads, and it's just it, it's crazy that he dropped that. Instagram story, but we'll, we'll talk about it and just try to figure out That's what, what nice. does that mean? Mm-hmm. Hey, screw you, Siri. Uh, but first, let, let's get into that episode. And, and you know, I, real quick, I'm, I'm going to try not to shit on the stupid fans out there. You know, I, 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 feel, I feel bad for even calling them stupid. I know we're not supposed to do that, and opinions are opinions. But I just, it, it's just, Nick, it's like... I don't know, the, 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 the sect of the fandom, it's so yin and yang. You know, episode six, they're ready to light Lucasfilm on fire and themselves. Episode seven, ah, this is the best. Why have we got this all season long? I love the Mandalorian like this. And I just, you know, what is it, Nick? It, it, I don't, I really do not see how season three of the Mandalorian is as some fans and even big trades are starting to say it now is subpar or lesser than season one and season two. Everyone's bitching about, Oh, it's not doing anything. You're not going anywhere. Din's not doing this. Grogu's not doing that. And I just sit there after an episode like seven, where let's be real. I mean, it it paid off on shit that's been stewing since season one let alone some of the little threads that were cooked up in season three. And you get an episode like seven that just kind of blows a load all over your face. And you're like, thank you. I knew that was coming. I thank you for rewarding me for my patience. And, you know, I just I just want to get it out there. A lot of the shit you're seeing about the Mandalorian season three, it's it's FUD. Okay, look it up if you don't know the term. It's what people do to try to influence markets. And, and it's really no different with Star Wars these days. The trolls out there, they're putting out the FUD about Mandalorian. It's losing its, its luster. No one likes it. No one's watching it anymore. And, and Nick, just today, you see, I saw an article from Denlo- Deadline, threw it up in the Discord. If you want to join, we got an open link in our Instagram. That says the Mandalorian, in addition to the Outer Banks, was the most streamed series in March. So as we try to educate you all here, media literacy is important, not just for for politics and real news, but even the dumb bullshit that we all sit around and, and, and talk about on Tuesday evenings these days, okay? Go out, look through the nonsense, 
Beware the FUD! If you like Star Wars, it's okay. You're not crazy. Because, Nick, I'll tell you what, sometimes I, I, I get done with an episode and, you know, I talk with our friends on Discord. I'm like, yeah, this is great. I love being a Star Wars fan. And then, not that I seek it out, but when you run all the main socials for a Star Wars podcast, it's going to come to you. And I see it. And I start to wonder, like, has my brain just become mush? <laughs> Do I already have dementia? Do I just sit down here and go, oh, Star Wars, I love it. Or are these people just nuts? And, and I really think it is the latter, but I'm just, you know, it's okay, people. We're all right. If you're listening to this show, you're in the right fucking place to not hate yourself for enjoying modern Star Wars. Okay? So let's let my friend Nick here. What did you think about Episode 7? According to some fans, the only good episode to release this season. <laughs> um, it, was, it was definitely a good episode. I mean, it, was, it sets up the finale pretty well finally see the return of Moff Gideon and uh you know uh the the title of the episode clearly uh was spies and we only got one really clear spy reference obviously that was uh in the beginning of the episode on Coruscant Kane. um but i think that everybody's kind of tracked who the second spy might be especially given the uh, the way that Mr. Gideon's outfit looked uh, when he got to the, uh, you know, when he trapped the Mandalorians at the end of the episode. So I think that people are, are, are tracking now that the armor is also probably a spy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was a big fan of the episode. I thought that it did pretty well of, of like bringing some of those long uh, storyline threads either to a close or. Um, you know, obviously to a near close. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, I was a big fan. I enjoyed the episode overall for sure. Yeah. I mean, listen, like I, I kind of gave away my, my appreciation of the episode there during my, my FUD speech, but it, it was great. But that's because of all the little building blocks that came before it. And I do think, I think that the, the, the one sect of the fandom, they, they just want the flashy shit, right? They want, they want the guys out there with their dick and balls kicking ass, you know, the women in the kitchen, fucking blasters, swords, wrestling, you name it. If they don't get that, it's, it, it's a failure. But I, I still contend that in episode like seven, The Spies, does not pop without, of, without all the episodes and little moments before it. I mean, it's just, it, it really, it, it, it was the release of all the buildup for for Bo Katan, the Children of the Watch, you know, you, you know Din's adherence to the Creed and, and their philosophy versus the Night Owls' philosophy, or, or you know, the Bloodline Mandos as we designated them last week, and it it just I as a fan of the lore, I loved all that stuff. I love starting with the Shadow Council and finally getting just. Here's an answer. Here's an answer. Here's an answer. Oh, you guys fucking around with the cloning shit? Well, yeah, this is what they're doing. No, here's you guys been wondering about the, the Gideon and is Thrawn involved in any of these conversations? Well, bing, bang, boom. And here's a little fucking first order for you. So you get all that right off the bat. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, you know, obviously the, the sacrifice at the end, that, that doesn't hit as hard without the journey of Paz and Din over three seasons and... This season itself, so I I really enjoyed it as a lot of fans did. I mean, it, it was it was a great episode, start to finish, um, good good runtime, 
uh, as I said to me, it was just it was getting all those those lore reveals or confirmations of some of the speculations we've been going on. Like what what the hell is going on in the Mandalorian from a from a global scale? You know what I mean? What what's going on? We we understand the little stories with Din and Grogu and Bo, but what's going on with the big picture? New Republic, Remnant, Mandos, and now we know it's it's all laid out there in front of us. It's all clear. What's been going on? We now know why Bo-Katan got attacked when she helped in on Mandalore. It's because fucking Gideon's had a goddamn base on the planet for probably decades. Beautiful stuff. Okay. So great episode. Um, And I think it is going to set up for a a killer finale. We just got to know who's getting killed based on Brendan Wayne's uh, story posts, but also it, it's, it, there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do in what's being reported as a 39 minute finale, Nick. So pretty sure. Um, pretty lot, lots sure. of stuff going on there. Um, so yeah, good, good stuff. But, but to me, it's not like I wasn't like some fans going, Oh, thank God. We finally got the Mandalorian that I've been missing. Um, that, that, Episodes like that, they work that way because of the serialized approach and the the little exposures of of story beats throughout the first season, second season, obviously season three. So everyone get over yourselves, but I, I fear there's been enough negative air out there that as Nick has been warning everybody, um, Disney's going to make decisions on this shit now. Um, thank God the Nielsen ratings are coming in all right. Because I think that that means more than just idiots on on socials, right, Nick? I mean, that's more tangible data for decision makers. But you can, I mean, you know it, like like common folk out there, if they hear the FUD, they'll be like, oh, yeah, fuck it. Doesn't sound like it's anything worth my time. And like Nick's been saying with Disney and their money problems, more and more the common folk that that peel off, the less and less of this stuff us nuts are going to get. I mean, we'll see how, uh, you know, we'll see how Disney reacts to everything. I mean, they don't really care. Like, what they care about is eyes on screens. Obviously, they have the numbers behind that, and they make decisions based off of that. That's, you know, uh, so knowing that The Mandalorian was the one of the top two most watched shows or streamed shows in March is good for the franchise. Uh, hopefully, that keeps up through... Uh, the finale in April and we'll see what goes on from there. But I mean, like that's, you know, that's why decisions like bad batch season three is the last season of bad batch gets made because people likely weren't watching bad batch. Um, And then they shut it down and then you, you know, you either don't get something to fill that slot or you get a new, uh, a new animation project that tries to pull in more viewers. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I haven't had an issue with the Mandalorian this season. I know that a lot of people have, but, uh, you know, everybody's got issues with everything now. So I guess it really doesn't matter. It really, it really, you're right, dude. It's just, it's like, fuck me. You know, it's like, you can't, like, if we leave our, these little bubbles we've created for ourselves these days, you're definitely going to st- step on a landmine that you're just going to be like, why, 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 why do humans even exist anymore? You know what I mean? Like, look, let's just end it. If there is this thing out there that used to fucking ruin the world and start over, please, now is the time to do it. I I promise you, humans are doing way worse shit now than they were doing to each other thousands of years ago when you used to zap the planet. 
please, please. All right, we got a comment up there from Bat. Yeah, I'm a from a collector standpoint. The the Praetorian Guards we got at the end would definitely make a a nice hot toy, but I don't think they ever did for TLJ Praetorian Guard hot toys. So so who knows? But obviously we'll we'll talk about them and their ties to the sequel trilogy. Maybe that's the other thing. You know, maybe maybe this, the the haters of the sequels. Now that they are realizing that, and again, this just shows you how fucking crazy they are, and they're probably QAnon followers. But there is a large group of people who are like, "Oh yeah, Mandalorian, Dave and John, John and Dave, they're they're essentially going to retcon the sequels." But people that actually have a brain, we've known from day one that no, they're they're going to do what Clone Wars did for the prequels, and they're actually going to fill in some gaps and and try to band aid some of the. Uh, more odd narrative choices that were made in those those three movies and and we're getting it right now we got it in this episode i mean uh we can debate semantics when it comes up but we all know who the fucking necromancer is and it isn't snoke okay like some of you people you just you, you gotta learn you gotta learn how words work all right but we'll get there we'll get there oh uh, uh okay so let's get into the patented SWTS deep dive of this episode. We got Haas that I need Nick to kind of uh, put my mind to ease over. We've got our top moments. Then we're going to have all the Easter eggs references. And uh, we did have some cameos this episode to piss people off too, but luckily they weren't as, I guess, prominent to people uh, this time around. So, um, you know, kind of getting into it, Nick, we'll go with uh, top moments. I do have a, a ton of Ha because there, there really is a lot of questions going into the finale that, that I'd like you to kind of help me with here. Uh, but l- l- let's see if they pop up. Anyways, we'll, we'll get into the top moments. Let me uh, shift up to everyone's preferred big screen view for the breakdown here. All right, one second. Of course, stuff isn't working. Bear with me. It's just one of those days, but that's why you people pay to show up here on the Star <laughs> Wars Time Show. All right, so Nick, to me, the first top moment, without a doubt, kind of kicked off the episode, and that was the the Shadow Council. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, our boy, our boy Jean Carlo. I mean, what almost a year and a half, two years ago, essentially outed this without saying the Shadow Council, but he did, and that's what I've been saying. If if you people do listen to the show and and can process our crappy grasp of the English language. A lot of stuff we, we we talk about, so it's cool to see it come into fruition. But you got to remember, Esposito, a long time ago, was like, listen, you know, Moff Gideon, he's, he might be out there trying to, you know, convince some of these other warlords that his way is the way, and here we go. That's exactly what this scene gave us, right? I mean, you can see that while Gideon is playing friends with the council, he's clearly hiding stuff from them. He lied to them right to their faces that he wasn't doing anything with Pershing and cloning on Navarro. And he's no fan of the, the Thrawn plan. He, he doesn't really seem to be a fan of Brendel Hux and what they're doing with what we know is going to be the first order. Gideon clearly has his own idea on how to return the empire to glory. And that's what we've seen him working on these past two seasons. And now we kind of get it in our face. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> on Mandalore and I'm building a a a you know a battalion of Jedi clone Mandalorians but I'm not going to tell any of you guys. So I, 
you just if anything nick you had the love it's just that the, the empire scum and villainy is still going strong even with the remnant even with them trying to rebuild their forces they all still have their own path to power and their own agenda you know what yeah. i mean yeah i mean that's it's the same thing as when there were, you know, a ton of Sith out there because nobody, like when there was a ton of Sith out there, nobody could ever agree on anything. They just killed each other to say that they were in power and said the last person was in power, which is like, you know, it's why Star Wars is a very cyclical type of uh, property where it's like good rises up, you know, or bad rises up, good defeats it, good sticks around for a little while, uh, bad rises up it sticks around for a little while and then it just kind of keeps going in a circle. Uh, it's because the bad guys, while they are powerful and they do assert their dominance in a better way in the galaxy than the good people do, can't help but fight each other. Like they just, it doesn't matter uh, who is in charge or, or what's going on. Like they can't help but fight each other. Um, and it's kind of, you know, you're kind of seeing the same thing here where it's like Moff Gideon is clearly like, look, I'm the person who should be in charge. If you just let me do what I want to do, we'll have taken over the galaxy in three months. Uh, and everybody else has their own agenda. You know, Hux, uh, who is almost assuredly Hux's father. Uh, oh, it is. Like, yeah. Bat <laughs> By the way, I, I did learn in my research, Nick, that Hux is a bastard. Uh, Brendel... Brendel, the guy in Mandalorian on the Shadow Council, did not father Hux with his wife. So, our Armitage is a, is a steady Jon Snow. Nice. Uh, so yeah, Hux has his thing where he's clearly doing all of the work to to resurrect uh, Palpatine and his uh, decrepit Palpatine body. You have the other guy who's like, "Hey man, if we just wait for Thrawn to get here, you know, we'll be, <laughs> right, dude, we'll be he's good." A fucking Thrawn fanboy. He's yeah. like, "I love Thrawn. He's the fucking man." So you have essentially, you know, like all of these people in the Shadow Council that are all working towards their own ends, but they're still working together. Um, it's why yeah. nothing can ever, <laughs> right. like, get, you know, you never really have like a cohesive bad side until one of the people who is actually, you know, like one of the people's plans actually comes to fruition. So, uh, and then they, they can claim that they are the ones who are now the leaders of the bad person organization for this particular time period. <laughs> That's, uh, it, it really is. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's not, obviously it's not as, as comical as, as what you got in Austin Powers, but that, it kind of reminded it me literally of, is. of like Dr. Evil's meeting at the table, like, ooh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, one million. Well, hey, one million's not no. You you gotta you gotta yeah, up you gotta, that a little and bit. And then you got one guy who wants to do he's just, just like if we put all our money in Starbucks, we'll be rich and then we could take over. You got one guy who wants to hijack a nuclear warhead and then take over. You got one guy who wants to fucking exactly. do something else. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing that you see in in, in all those kinds of uh, you know, like Austin Powers, 007, all this kind of shit. Um, but it I mean, like it was cool to finally see that kind of played out and come to fruition. It's like, you know, while there are the separate warlords who are doing their own things, they are at least trying to coordinate in some form or fashion. Right, right. Yeah, uh, they don't so. mess with anyone else's sector either, right? Yeah. According to Gideon, like, they're good. It is like like the one guy, I mean, they didn't even name half the council. The only council <laughs> names we know are, are Gideon, Palian, or Palian, Palian. And, um, and, and Hux. Yeah. 
but yeah, the other ones, you know, the one guy you can tell he's just like, like a warmonger. He's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, <laughs> when they're talking about killing shit or more more resources. But no, it, it was just a great scene to watch this the the remnant empire um, kind of bumblefuck their their way through a coordinated plan, but. Sadly, we know the New Republic bumblefucks things even more that part of the Shadow Council actually does come to fruition and the First Order does does rise. And obviously, it, from what we know, just based on established canon and timelines, Nick, to me, it's like Gideon's plan of the Jedi Mando army and him becoming boss, that, that's going to be resolved in The Mandalorian. Uh, the, the Thrawn plan will be the next big one resolved in... Floney's movie and then from the ashes of Thrawn's failure will be the rise of the first order right I mean that that's just kind of how it has to go yeah I mean because yeah. I don't think even though Hux and, and Palian seem to be together like they're the ones getting all the resources and, and kind of the attention right now because of obviously you know Project Necromancer and the Thrawn plot but it doesn't sound to me like uh Thrawn is is attached to the idea of the First Order. You know, Thrawn's kind of his own thing to be the the new leader, yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that he would be connected to the First Order. Um, I do think it would be more like what he would try to do is more of like a resurrection of the Empire as it was. Um, so I think that... Um, Oh, what shit. like when this fails, because obviously we know it fails, uh, it will be like kind of out of the ashes of that, that the first order rises, kind of like you said. Um, which, well, you, you know, we, we, we just said it. All three of these plans, like their their owners, their leaders, they're all still working on them. So it's like even though they're not coordinating it, it it's like they they all kind of have a backup built in. So, yeah, I think. When the Thrawn thing fails, that's when Hux and his gang's like, all right, well, shit, we're down to option three. It's first order time, baby. Yeah, Let's like, go. <laughs> we tried this one, didn't work. We tried this one, didn't work. Let's try this one, see if this one works. Yeah. It's it's yeah. really just kind of like a like a fake it till you make it situation. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, I'm glad that we finally got Thrawn brought into the fold in a meaningful way in The Mandalorian, because obviously we know that that's going to be a big part of the Ahsoka series, is, you know, like, what's going on with Thrawn, what's going on with Ezra, now that Thrawn's back, where's Ezra? Um, so I'm happy that they didn't wait until after Ahsoka to fold in Thrawn in the Mandalorian. Yeah. I mean, I I was like, shit, he'll probably be ominous until the stinger, but you know, we, we got the name drop right there. And and obviously the, the captain, um, and I don't know if this is in Nick's legends wheelhouse, but, but captain Paleon is like the guy in heir to the empire. Like he really is Thrawn's right hand captain, whatever in the book. So it, it makes sense that he was the one stumping so hard for Thrawn. I mean, that, that is a direct pull from what is now considered legends canon. And it, it does, Nick, it seems, and I'm not a, an heir to the empire guy. Can't read. Fuck it. Takes too long. Doesn't count anymore. So who cares? But you know, the, from the Ahsoka trailer and then getting, you know, Paleon here, it does seem like, you know, Dave and John are repurposing some of Zahn's heir to the empire. Uh, narratives and and who knows maybe we'll see even more pop up once Ahsoka drops and obviously 
Mando S4 and then the, the, the whole movie event. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think but that, so. that stuff, I mean, legends, I think some of us thought it was dead forever, but they are kind of cherry picking, right? Yeah. They're taking what they want and reincorporating it, which is good. I mean, especially in this instance where you have so much time to fill between like the currently running stuff, like the Mandalorian timeline and the, um, the sequel trilogy timeline. Um, the problem is, is like, now you know how this has to end, you know, like, you know that whatever happens with Thrawn is going to like rise up and then fall apart in the next X amount of years. And really what now, now your question is really like, how long does it last? You know, like does does the Thrawn stuff just get immediately kind of like, uh, you know, chucked to the side like they're, they're like oh yeah thrawn's coming and then three months later well thrawn tried to come in and then we we really knocked him out like it really does kind of suck for those people who were really hoping for like an extended uh like thrawn presence in this galaxy uh because now you do just kind of have like a time limit on it um uh so we'll see i mean yeah. they, they you know it would have been more like it would have been better for me. Like I, I thought it would have been cooler if like, you know, if that was kind of the focus of, of the, of the sequel trilogy to start with is like, Oh, let's just dive right into air to the empire. And then like, you know, like explore that timeline a little bit more, but we did do a pretty big jump. And now we have to kind of like fill in the middle side of it, like the middle portion of it. But that, that's where we're at, man. So we're talking, I think it's 38 years. Yeah, from from Jedi to to TFA, that's technically open. Yeah, now we're in like the 30 year period of time. I mean, the Thrawn thing is going to be interesting. Like I and I do hope that they drag it out a little bit more than just like he got here and less than a year later, it's done. Like, I really do hope that they like make this era last a little bit longer. I don't think that they will. I think that it's it it will end up being like he's back. And then he's gone. All right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got what well, I got a comment for you. Be mad. Anyone see the through line between rebels and remnant in their secrecy? Uh, I think he left a comment on YouTube about this. D- does that make sense to you? What he's saying? You know how like the rebels had to be secret hiding in bases and you, you would have like the Saul factions that are a little crazier than the other factions. So we're, we're kind of seeing the remnant right now as these, rebel factions but obviously a bit more organized and a bit more stocked in terms of a a war machine they're they're not as ragtag i guess yeah i i i mean i guess i can see what he's talking about there but like i don't i don't really draw a through line to it it's just like a necessity of being the underdog faction you know like not not the one in charge yeah you know like it's the same yeah i mean it's the same thing that the rebels did but it's also because the rebels had to do that because if they were openly organizing then it would have been way easier to stomp them out because they have no forces it's the same thing that's happening here so i don't think it's like they're taking a page out of like the rebels playbook i think it's just like when you are a clandestine faction that is trying to be secretive so you don't get immediately wiped out by the giant government that is now uh, taking over most of the galaxy. That's just what you have to do. So I don't, I don't think it's like we're taking rebel tactics. It's just like, if we were to openly announce ourselves, we would be dead in a week. 
<laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's definitely similarities, if if anything else. I mean, there, it's like you said, if if you're not in charge, you, you gotta you gotta figure out creative ways to to organize, as we like to say. Hey, you know what? Since we're on this scene, we might as well dive into some of the haws here. Um, you know, I, I, I always like being right. So I, I loved getting the confirmation that the Gideon was working with the pirates. Okay. So told you, uh, I already talked about how Gideon clearly is no Thrawn fan. I mean, he almost like mocks Paleon, right? There, there is a hint of like, Oh yeah, the big grand Admiral Thrawn. When the hell's he coming? I'm super spy. I don't hear shit. Shut the fuck up. I'm the best. Um, it, and clearly that's why he, he fried Pershing. So the other people didn't know what, what his little, his little goals are. So we got those answers as well. But you know, what I really want to, to d- dig into here, Nick is project Necromancer. And, you know, I immediately went to Necromancer, Lord of the Rings, uh, beaten spirit, dark spirit. That's not quite dead. Trying to return. Who's that in star Wars? It's Palpatine. Yeah. And, and then obviously there's a lot of people out there like, well, it's probably Snoke. And, and I'm just like, OK, but why was Snoke created? Why was Snoke cloned to yeah. usher the return of Palpatine? What did Snoke end up becoming? A fucking puppet for Palpatine? What what Brendel Hux was saying, he literally says we have a plan in place for new leadership that the, it was never Palpatine's plan to have some random person run the Empire again. It was always for him, right? He yeah. says it so much in Tross. Now it's time for the final order. Blah blah blue. I was he was a puppet. I was in your voice. I was in your head as Vader. I mean, puppet uh, Palpatine controlled all of this. Go look it up. Okay, Snoke is a strand cast. He is not a direct clone of Palpatine. That is true. But he is not the Necromancer. He is not Project Necromancer. He is the the first steps of it. Yes, Snoke was created by Palpatine with the hopes that he could get his essence into his vessel, but he couldn't. So he let Snoke kind of go out there and be his proxy for all that time. Then when the timing was right and he felt Kylo had assumed the mantle, that's when he revealed himself as the true puppeteer of Snoke. So yes, with semantics, Project Necromancer, in my opinion is Palpatine's return. Am I crazy, Nick? Where did no, you go with Project Necromancer? Yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty clear to me. I, I think that, like, kind of like you said, Snoke is just like a step in Project Necromancer. I mean, just just take the, the fucking word. Necromancer means bringing right. somebody back from the fucking dead. Like, Snoke is not a person. He wasn't brought back from the dead. He was created in a lab. Like, that yeah. was... If anything, it was so clear that it was Palpatine that I'm confused that people didn't understand that they were talking about Palpatine. <laughs> hey, dude, welcome to the Star Wars Internet. And, and, and the only reason I know this is this something I, I didn't announce yet, and which is crazy because usually when I have a chance to toot my horn, I'm going to toot that motherfucker. But for the first time since, since breaking away from EB and becoming the SWTS, I had a piece of content go viral. Sadly, it was on TikTok, so it does absolutely nothing for this show, the channel, but it felt good. Um, but this is where I was getting a lot of those, those comments like, hey, you know, there's no, it's Snoke, it's Snoke, Snoke, Snoke. I'm like, what the fuck movies were you guys watching? Like, why is it so hard for people to understand Star Wars? It's not 
fucking rocket science. It really isn't. It really isn't. But no, Project Necromancer has to be Snoke. Has to be Snoke. I'm like, okay, if you really want to get down, like, semantically, sure. But it's because that's how it went. That's how the plan to bring Palpatine back had to go. They couldn't get the cloning right. They never did. Remember? The only reason he's able to return to form is because he sucks the jizz out of Rey and Kylo. That's it. That, 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 that decrepit clone body was, was zombified. It was falling apart. Nothing could contain his essence until the dyad showed up. And as fucking dumb as all that shit sounds, I mean, it really is. It just trusses bad storytelling, plain and simple. That's why we're getting this type of shit, to clean it up, to make it make more sense. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's like, guys, they, they, they walk it out there for you. Like Nick said, just look what, look what Necromancer is. What its definition is. It, it's not clone vessel. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess that like people don't understand that like Ron or that like Snoke was a part of the plan, but I thought that yes. that was pretty clear when you're walking through Exegol on Tross and you see like a bunch of fucking Snoke bodies. Just ba- yeah. Hanging backup. Out. <laughs> just fucking backups. I mean, it, yeah. listen, I, I get it, man. Tross and what it did with 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 Snoke explanation and somehow Palpatine's returned, it's it's hot garbage. If you really write it down on paper and think about it, it it's a bunch of bullshit. Okay, um, yes, Palpatine hands down one of the greatest villains of all time, but but he had his deal. His death and Vader's redemption that was great. That all got blown up for this dumb fucking idea to like, oh hey, by the way, we made a sequel trilogy, but we didn't check notes between the three films, so. Yeah, they're a little disjointed and chaotic and we're just going to wrap everything up with a nice bow on the end and make everyone a fucking Skywalker or a Palpatine. And, you know, it gets it's, it gets messy. So I guess we can't blame the the slower people out there that they haven't been able to follow that because Snoke, he just he went from this ominous, cool guy to, yeah, he's just a fucking dickhead that Palpatine cooked up in a tube on Exegol and would kind of use him as a puppet. Oh, OK, that that's. Great. Neat. <laughs> a, yeah, Project Necromancer in effect, bitch. <sighs> All right, good. I'm, I'm glad you're there. And again, that, that's L-O-T-R, right? I mean, Sauron was referred to as the, what, the Necromancer of Mirkwood, right? I mean, that, yeah. that's what he fucking was. You get to see it in The Hobbit, I believe. Don't, doesn't Gandalf and, and Gandalf. Galadriel go and confront yeah. the spirit? Yeah, okay. and they, they eventually drive it out of Mirkwood, and that's what forces him back into Mordor. Mordor, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, like, it's the same thing. I mean, it's literally, I'm not saying they're copying off of it, but I mean, it's the, it's the same fucking thing. Like, Yeah, 100%. I mean, a, a dark, magical spirit that was beaten by forces of good. Yeah. But is allowed to fester, is, is they're trying to bring him back. Is I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's 100% Sauron. Yeah. 100%. So it's, it's about as close as you can get without, like, directly ripping it off. <laughs> This is like, what the fuck? Hey, look at that. Sir Dork, congrats on the 100K TikTok. Yes, thank nice. you, Sink. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll throw this one up from props, too. Finally getting the respect they deserve. I don't know about that, but uh, last week was all right. I, I think, you know, if that happened on YouTube, we'd be cooking with some fucking gas right now, people, because on TikTok, I think it added like three or 400 new followers. I, I saw all our other TikToks started getting more views. It's funny how that shit happens. And here's the crazy part, Nick. 
was was the video any different than what I've been doing since 2018? Absolutely not. The same fucking shitty shorts that I've been sharing all season long. Some reason this one popped and was deemed worthy and off to the races. Um, now that'll never happen again, but it was nice. Gave me some juice, so I guess I'll keep doing it for the time being. I needed that little win. Uh, all right, I think I've hit the things I want to talk about here from the Shadow Council. Yeah, we, we discussed that, that Hex and, and Palion, they're in leagues, more than likely forming the First Order, especially from the Hux angle. Hux seems to kind of be the one in, in charge of the cloning stuff as well, made very clear by, by Gideon. And um, we identified the captain as, you know, he's, he's Thrawn's number one fanboy. There's no doubt about that. All right, good stuff there from the Shadow Council. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> there we go. That, that deserves a pop up there. Somehow this video went viral. That's exactly how it feels. It's as, it's as wonky and as shitty as, as Poe's line. That, that's how our content going fi- viral feels to me. Good one there, Nova. <laughs> All right, l- let's go ahead and continue on with the top moments because there was five of them there. We got the, the, the Shadow Council there. The next one, honestly, for me, my friends, it, it, it was more for just a visual treat. It's not often in live action Star Wars that we get to see full fleets in low orbit or hell, even full fleets in orbit. You, yeah. you, you really don't get it. I mean, you, you get that clusterfuck at the end of the Rise of Skywalker. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a cool moment because they rely on John Williams music. But if you look at it, it's a fucking nightmare of ships everywhere. It just I don't know how these assholes weren't just running into each other left and right. Good you know, pilots. it's like. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah. Wedge was there in, in Lando. So everything was good. But in terms of, you know, what I mean, Nick, like like seeing an actual fleet with the with the capital ship, it's it's escorts, it's fighters, seeing them kind of come into port. I'm talking about the the, the Mando fleet arriving that to me, yeah. I just I loved the visuals of that. I, I love, you know, the, the, the whole town of Navarro just kind of stopping their cleanup, looking up. You see that cruiser, the light cruiser coming past. They got that kick-ass fucking decal on the bottom. I think Nick has one on, on his arm. Ew. You got the fang fighters, the gauntlets. You had the Gozanti class freighters were in there. It was just fucking cool looking, man. I mean, I just, I don't know. Sometimes I can enjoy an episode or a scene if it just looks fucking rad. And that's what we're talking about here with the arrival of the Mando fleet on navarro just yeah. just great visuals and it just kind of shows like their 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 power now at least their their naval power yeah no i mean it was really really cool scene to see play out i wonder how long it took them to get that fucking mythosaur on the bottom of the light cruiser because that's pretty big um and it, yeah, you, you wonder like, did, did they get out there on their jetpacks and fucking roller paint that, or, or yeah. do you think it's just like a like a you know kind of where you can go and get a like a decal yeah, like or something de- yeah, painted yeah. on your car and they're just like and it's there, you know? It's yeah, like, a decal just kind of slapped on that thing. Um, I thought it was cool. Uh, I like how, like you said, it kind of cast the shadow over the whole city and how everybody was kind of freaking out. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a, a a very cool scene because it's I think the only other time that we've seen like a large imperial vessel hanging in orbit, like in the actual like planetary atmosphere, was in Rogue One when they were uh, removing the Kyber from Jeddah, I believe. When yeah, we saw yeah, yeah, and, and that was just you know that was just a star destroyer. So yeah. 
but I mean, really, Nick, it kind of continued. I, I just, I, I also loved how the, how, how Axe calls them the primitive Mandalorians, the children yeah. of the watch, you know, they're, th- how they kind of, um, took to the arrival of the fleet. You know, I, I, I like the, the, the music they chose kind of, it, it was very rogue one Jedi like music, like that. Yeah. And they're all looking up. And then obviously the kind of the, the lineup, the gang lineup, if you will. I mean, it reminded me of gangs of New York. You had, you know, the one gang and the other gang, they lined up, they size each other up. Hell big boy even did like fucking double fists together in front of his belly. Right. Paz is like, boo. <laughs> Is you know they're they're feeling each other out, but I think these moments, Nick, you know, you had Bo and her like take their helmets off, and then the primitives keep it on. It it just it still it goes to show you how much tension there still is between different Mandalorian factions, and that they're they're still even though they just brought the children to fleet, the children are still like, hey, fuck you guys, you know we're. We're, we're the children of the watch. We do the way the right way. Screw you guys and, you know, taking your helmets off and your coordinated blue suits. We are the watch. So I, <laughs> it was just, it was cool to kind of see their first interaction that, you know, kind of built up over this episode and then exploded there on that water world craft between Axe and Paz. Yeah, no, it was really cool to see that. I mean, there, I don't like... There was definitely tension, but I also feel like at this point, both sides know that like, you know, if if we don't work together, we just go back to doing what we were doing before. And that wasn't good. You had one faction that was literally like living out of caves and you had another faction that was just taking any job that they could for money just to survive. So I feel like even though like there was tension and obviously that tension kind of came to and head came to a head when uh axe and and paz had their little tiff uh they both know that like at the end of the day they need each other so uh, i don't expect there to be many other like little little fights between these two factions much longer well we definitely know paz isn't fighting anybody any anytime soon so i I think him and axe their beef is settled (laughs) yeah it's, 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 it's done at this point in time Hey, you know what? I got a screen of the armor up right now, so I want to dive into another ha here. And, you know, listen, the, the, the episode was titled The Spies. Kane clearly is one of them. Who is the other one? I, I mean, I, here, here are some notes, and then we'll kind of get into it. You know, this, this could just be maybe too basic for people, but remember, Gideon is a spy by trade. I mean, he, he talks about it so much. In in this episode, I mean, literally says, hey, fuck, fuck Thrawn. I'm former ISB. I know how spy the spycraft works. I haven't heard shit about him. You're a liar. So, you know, Gideon, was he the other spy? Who knows? Probably not. Doesn't make that much sense. Um, the armorer. OK, listen. So many red flags for the armorer, Nick. But that's why I'm almost thinking they're making it so obvious that it can't be her. All right, yeah. hear me out. The helmet itself is like, okay, we, we've, been, we've been talking about that for the past three years. Okay, so you got the helmet. The fact that she purposely leaves before they go to the, the, the Great Forge. Okay, there's another red flag. 
Uh, I mean, the fact that she wanted Bo to gather all the Mandalorians together so they could retake Mandalore and get them all in one spot. There's another red flag. Uh, I mean, she's literally leaving to go to the fleet. So, yes. <laughs> is, is the armor a spy or could she be a spy? 100 fucking per- percent. But I... Yeah. You know, the, the more I keep thinking about it and the more we are riffing on it in our Discord, you know, because we, we kind of, you know, there, there's a few of us nuts on Wednesdays. We're in Discord all day just riffing on our thoughts. And the more they're like, yeah, she did this and that. And I'm like, they're making it so obvious that she could be the one that ratted them out and, and sold them out. So Gideon knew that they were coming. Because let, let's be real. I mean, yes, he had a base on Mandalore for probably ever since the Empire took Mandalore. But how did he know exactly where they were going to go, how to lay the trap, how to draw them back into the inner workings of the base? Like, he, he had to have had an inside person, I think, don't you? Or do you think he just knew it all because he is Gideon? He already knew what they were doing based on Kane's report, so he kind of scouted the situation. was like, you know what? If they come here, they're going to go to the forge. I'm going to set my trap. Or, or do you think he was tipped? I mean, he was definitely tipped off that they were going to be there because he would have like, unless he like he literally, I mean, like the, the your other option is that your spies are the Mandalorians that they found on the planet. Like, that's, uh, OK, that's well, the they, there one. you go. That, that well, I, I had two other options because I, I forget who it was. I'll give you credit if you remind me in the chat. But I do. I think the Mando nomads, as we're calling them, great possibility to be the rats. I mean, think about it. They never left. They never left, yet they didn't know the Empire had a fucking well-manned base underneath their planet, right next to one of the, their you know, most iconic landmarks for Mandalore, the Great yeah. Forge. They never saw the Empire coming and going. They didn't see the TIE bombers getting delivered there when Gideon just fucking asked for them. I mean, come on. So, yeah, and then the, the other option to me, Nick, would be someone from Bo's faction— you know, Axe does leave, too, before the actual trap is sprung. Remember, he's the one that's like, I'm going to go for help, and he he kind of shoots out. I've heard some people question Casca, but I, I'm with you. It's You have to say the armor because it's so goddamn obvious. Yeah, Gideon, I, I think it's just like the aesthetic matches it. The fact that, like, she removed herself from everything right before, like, all right. of the stuff went down. Um, she's also like, it was a very ominous shot of her solo heading towards the fleet that like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there that seems squirrely around her. Of course. But, but don't you as, as a seasoned watcher of fictional television, doesn't that to you just, just say, there's no way she's going to be the spy that they're just making it too god damn obvious or is that their or is that their trick hey we're gonna make it so obvious that idiots like matt will talk themselves out of it and then (laughs) we'll give it to them anyways i I I try not to overthink anything anymore especially around star wars because i think the like more often than not like the best storylines like are kind of obvious in the star wars universe um i i think with the armor like there's a lot of signals. Would it be like, would it be too obvious if they like, would I be upset if they were like, Oh yeah, she was the spy. No. Um, even yeah, if it is obvious. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like I, again, I'm getting into TV rules, you know, same thing where <laughs> no one's dead unless you literally see their body. 
I feel like the signs are so obvious for for something that the writers would want to kind of keep a mystery that she just can't be it. But you are right. If she is it, I'd be like, well, yeah, no shit. We told you that before the season started. I mean, I actually went back, Nick, and reviewed our wants and predictions, and we're doing all right. We're not batting a thousand, but you know, we're 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 hitting up there. We, we'd be slugging maybe in the in the threes, high four yeah. percentage. So I'll, I'll take that. And I think also um, with the with the armor stuff too, it's like if she really was as dedicated to the fucking creed as she said she was, do you really think? That she would just be like, oh, yeah, I mean, like, it's fine that, like, you know, let's let's bring all these people in that we clearly Dude, hate. I'm telling you, like- you are you are preaching to the choir. I, I, I believe you 100 percent. And you are right there, there. There are so many red flags for this character for being a piece of shit. I mean, the other thing, like SW props is saying, you know, how did Gideon know Bo had the Darksaber again? Uh, you know, the other thing you got to remember how would he know the fucking fleet was there? You can't communicate to space from the surface of Mandalore yet. And, and they make that purposeful when armor's leaving. You can literally see when the console flickers back on once she gets through the atmosphere and is back in the space. So he, he definitely was tipped off. And it, listen, we're, we're all right. All of us, anyone. I think my daughter was like, yeah, the armor could be a bad guy. So listen, that, 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 that's, that's established. I also I do think- like I like the nomad angle and I do I could see Axe being a being a cunt. I mean he he's been a cunt since Bo's been trying to get the saber back. You can tell he's not as gung ho about this partnership. Uh, he just you know, he's a merc. Yeah. You can't trust these motherfuckers. I mean if he gets a if he gets a payoff, what did Casca say two episodes ago? Yeah, when when the when the uh, corns like I thought Mandalorians were honorable, and she's like, "Hey, if you got enough credits, so yeah, I mean, we, we could be talking about some of Bo's old faction yeah. who have that, turned I mean, bad just to make some cash. It could definitely be those. I'll just put it this way: like, what's a what's a cooler story for me? A cooler story is the person that an entire faction of Mandalorians have put their trust in and put their belief in in the armor has actually been leading, like essentially leading them to their own slaughter in a very like long game ask play with, the, you know, by working with Moff Gideon and the Imperial remnant. I think a sh- like a less cool story is the guy who's an asshole is an asshole. Like, Oh yeah. The guy who seems yeah. like a dick is a dick. Whoa. Watch out now. Yeah, I hey man, listen. I I you I am not going to disagree with a damn thing you said. It just I I've been doing mental gymnastics with the armor after last week. Oh, by the way, did you see our our exclusive hit and and I fucked it up. <laughs> I went back. So like I I don't <coughs> I don't know if anyone saw it, but out of the blue, armor is wearing a jetpack in episode 7. Like she's just fucking wearing it like we told you she'd be getting. But uh, after I saw that, I, I hit up my contact. I'm like, yo, what happened? Like, are we fucked now? Am I going to look like an asswipe? And and they're like, uh, well, I mean, she she got the jetpack and, and really what happened, the scene got cut, yada, yada, yada. And I go back and review the notes from the initial leak reported to me. I completely fucked it. Completely <laughs> fucked it up. I, 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 it was, it's on me not the contact 
where I said she was going to get her her pack and guns at the the ceremony that we've heard may happen in this finale. That's not the case. Uh, she, we were supposed to see her with her full kit attacking the pirates, but that got wiped. So she still get she still did get a pack. So we're confirmed on that. I just fucked up the order of events. Gotcha. So um, <laughs> I, I'm still I'm still confident that the other part of that leak's going to hit with the celebration, the foundlings, and Ragnar. Uh, getting armor, which sounds even more like it's going to happen after the the final moments of episode seven, where you know Big Papa took one for the team. Uh, but you are right, man. I mean, the armor would be narrative wise the best. It, it, it probably wouldn't be the most shocking because of how obvious they're making it. But in terms of story and what she supposedly has stood for and what she's been trying to do with Mandalorians. Yeah, awful. I mean, she would, she would be worse than Moff Gideon at that point in time. Yeah. Like and I more mean, like evil you, than Moff Gideon. <laughs> if you think about it from a from a perspective from Moff Gideon's perspective, what did he tell the Shadow Council? Like when he when it was revealed that the Mandalorians were the ones that helped out Grief Karga, he says, "Oh, you know, like oh, I thought these factions, you know, hated each other. Blah blah blah. All this stuff." And like, what, right. what, what is best for the Imperial remnant, uh, you know, when it comes to Mandalorians, exactly what the armor was doing, keeping them underground, telling them to never leave. Don't show yourself. Don't, don't make right. any deals of yourself out in public because if they, if you do, then we'll get haunted down again. But all that does is help the remnant because the, the Mandalorians are the faction most suited to, to take them out. So yes. what has she I mean, been dude, doing? They, like they finally them in the fucking bunker. Oh, the Shadow Council itself finally confirmed what we've been telling everyone. I mean, they say it. You see it when when Gideon's like, "Listen, Mandalorians are reuniting, and they, they're probably going to retake Mandalore." That's when Hux and, and Paleon are like, "Oh shit, yeah, that would really fuck up our timeline." Essentially, here are the Praetorians. Here are the additional interceptors. Here are the bombers. Yeah. So uh, through that action, you could see that that this is why the Empire from day one identified, obviously, the Jedi need to go. That was step one. (laughs) Step two was, all right, what's the next near unstoppable force in the galaxy? The Mandalorians. So that's why they hit them hard. And and that's why we learned through through Bo's story, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, that. You know, they they fucked them. They they didn't even they weren't trying to make an example of them. They just knew surrender or not. These people need to fucking die. Yeah. And, and never, ever come back, because if they do, the empire is going to be hurting or in this case, the remnant. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind if it's like Casca or Axe. I just think that like storyline wise, you're not going to get anything interesting out yeah. of it. Like, That's like props is saying here. He's saying, good point, Nick. I mean, armor probably made up the whole don't ever take your helmet off to hide who she was the whole time. So, yeah, yeah. I mean... It's like I said, there's so many red flags, That's but that's why TV brain is kicking in. Like, it's too obvious, Matt. It's too obvious, Matt. It's too obvious. But you never know. It's, it's like, the you know, the finale of season two. I'm sitting here basically like, you know, I'll lick my own nutsack if Luke Skywalker shows up. That They're never going to do it. They're not going to rely on the dream team. They don't need it, damn it. And sure as shit, there you go. He showed up and it's one of the best moments in, in the Star Wars fandom. So I'm more than likely wrong, but I, I don't know. It's just like it, they've made it too 
too in our face that, that all, she's all bad. All I want is just a good story to come out of it. I don't care which one it is, as long as you give me something right. that like that is yeah. cool. Yeah, like you know, I mean that that's how I am too. I'm I'm not one of these people that's gonna fucking pout. And that's that's what I think a lot of it is. It's just the, some fans still haven't realized that what you read on the internet and what you have in your head doesn't always mean that that's what you're going to get. And, yeah. and and sometimes you you need to break away from that. You know what I mean? It's like if, if some if this season isn't playing out the way you you heard from you know dick face clickbait YouTuber, then that should teach you a lesson about that YouTuber and yourself. You are drawn to the negative of Star Wars, the clickbait. You're not really here to enjoy it and process the lore and talk about it with other like-minded individuals. You like living in the dark, all right? You, you like that, the, the anger, the doom scrolling, getting yourself worked up. It's weird. I, I just don't get it. I mean, I am a pessimistic person by trade, but when it comes to Star Wars, my glass is fucking half full. <sighs> all right good stuff thank you nick i needed that um but yeah it, it's just as squirrely as we were all talking in discord it's just it's too they're making her too obvious man too obvious but i'm, I'm sure she's gonna be the one or will she maybe who all knows right. <laughs> Mo- moving on with with top moments here let, let, let's keep getting through and uh, everyone knows that has listened to the show i'm a sucker for grogu so seeing him get a new toy and act like a little kid getting a new toy made me smile. I mean, Nick, I know it probably doesn't count to you, but Grogu is now officially talking through his Casio. You're probably it's, too young to even know what a Casio is, no, but I, you know, he, I, I know, yeah. yeah I know. All right, so he is he he can communicate, right? You said as long as he's communicating somehow, even if it's yes or no, it's binary, but he is he is communicating with Din more so now than ever. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a step forward. It's a step in the right direction. So I, I do like how they have finally given him a bit of his own agency through uh, IG-12 now. So I, I, that was a fun... I, I, I right. was like laughing for like the entire scene when he first gets it, starts walking around oh, it's great. until he gets it was up great. to the fucking merchant guy. So yeah, it was, I mean, it was to me, that, that's, that's fucking Star Wars. That's fun. I, I mean that that's why I love Grogu I mean, that that's a great there's some great hijinks for that character from the moment from the moment his uncle grief brings it in and he's sitting on the table stuffing his face he sees it drops everything he's doing gets excited because there's a you know another Anzellan coming out the Anzellan walking Don't cautiously squeeze. by like, like no squeezy no squeeze yeah. like <laughs> as dumb as that shit is I live for that stuff man that's fucking Star Wars to me that that's that George Lucas stuff um, even better in my opinion, you know, uh, I mean, it's just, it, it, it was the best, you know, he gets in there, he's not listening to his parent. All parents can kind of relate to that. He's just walking around, figuring it out. Yes, <laughs> no, yes. And then they cut out into the streets. He's Yes, 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 yes. You know, he's like doing his best Daniel Bryan impression. It was, um, great stuff, but yeah. Hey, Grogu, like Nick said, has more agency now than than ever. He's no longer confined to Din's arms or his pod. He he has his exoskeleton, as MSW reported well over a year ago, and uh, it, it actually turned out better than I thought. Right? I mean, when, when we first heard about this, it's like, okay, how fucking crazy are they going to make this IG11 chassis? And uh, they they did they they made it just like and I don't know if you've seen the memes but they made it it's very similar to Krang. Krang's yeah. 
<laughs> ride. I forget what the yeah. tall guy was. Did, did, did the tall guy have a name that used I, the I crane would drive around his belly? I can't remember. I can't remember if he had a name, but I, I have seen like the, the memes okay, and yeah. the, the, the artwork with it and stuff. And yeah, I mean, it is it's very similar for sure. Um, yeah, but you, you could see him. It's like once Grogu got a bit more autonomy, he started acting like a kid would. I mean, not listening yeah. to his dad, gr- stealing the food. Like, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> like, he grabs that box and you can hear him like, nom, 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 nom. have to pay for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know, man. Like, I love that shit. And maybe because there hasn't been a ton of, of Din and Grogu, maybe that's why people think this the season is bullshit. Um, but you can see, like, anytime these two are together, even a, a silly moment like this, it, it hits, it resonates. Good stuff. So love that Grogu is in IG-12. Uh, next one here, and we, uh, you know, I kind of teased this a bit earlier, but the, you know, Bo-Katan reveals the truth. I, I really like the, the nighttime scene with all the Mandalorians, the Nomads, the Bloodlines, and the Primitives. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, Paz and Din, but it, it it is a great it is a great fucking diss for them from from the from the purebred uh, Mandos the the primitives. But I just I I like them. It's cool seeing them all together. These di- different factions who who haven't been able to be in the same room for decades, sitting together, uh, you know, talking about the 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 failures of their society, of their culture, and and how their biggest enemy are themselves. I think that was, you know, a very poignant uh, moment there when Bo was like, listen, you dumb assholes. Like, the only reason the Empire was able to topple us is because we had already kicked the living shit out of ourselves before they even got here. And and you could see that throughout this episode as they came together. I mean, we'll, we'll, it was always, oh, there's bandos on the horizon. Let's get ready to fight. Or, hey, we're playing chess. Let's fucking fight each other because I think you're cheating. They are. They're fucking crazy people. But... We also got some lore that I think everyone has been wanting. Okay, how did she lose the Darksaber? And we, we, we finally got it. Whether you love the explanation or not, she sits down and she's like, listen, they didn't punish us because we didn't surrender. I did surrender. Yeah. You know, uh, Gideon, Gideon reached out through the ISB. I, I turned over the Darksaber with the promise that the other cities would be left untouched and he fucking lied. Uh, so I... I, I I like that. Even if it's a conversation to explain it, we, we got it. Okay. I hate shows where they, you know, they, they put all these irons in the fire and then they leave most of them in so far. Mando's been doing great at that. And this season has pulled a lot of those irons out or expanded upon that, uh, which is why I've been appreciating season three, but this talk really Nick to me solidifies Bo-Katan as the, the ruler, the main voice, the one in charge, the one at the head of the table that everyone is going to listen to. Yeah. I mean, like, Bo, so like it, that just goes to show too, like all of this stuff about the dark saber, like she never lost it in combat. So it was rightfully hers the whole time. Like she gave, like she gave it to him to essentially say like, okay, can you stop killing people now? So she didn't lose it in combat. She still had it rightfully. And now she just right. got it back rightfully again. Um, that is, yeah, that is mean, a great point. I, I didn't think so. That should hopefully smooth the people over that still didn't like yeah, that. She, it's, that it's didn't gave it to her. You are right. Like, yeah. and, and we established, they believe in dark saber technicality. So you're, yeah. you're hundred percent correct. And I will say too, I, I think that like by the end of, of this then like by the end of tomorrow, 
um, the dark saber bullshit will just come to an end. Um, because Bo-Katan is assuredly the one that's going to die. Um, because it doesn't make sense to kill Din. Because if you kill Din and you don't kill Bo, then your show turns into a show about government. And yeah, the Bo DeLorean. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it would literally, cause like if, 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 if Din dies, um, then the show gets transferred over to let's watch how Mandalorians rebuild their society and not a show about like, Hey, let's jump around the galaxy and do cool stuff. Yeah. With, the wanderer. Yeah. Yep. Like, and so like, that's, what's going to happen if, if there really is a big death and Brendan Wayne is, is not like yanking everybody's chain. Bo's going to die or yeah, Bo's going to die. They're going to be like, well, what happens with the saber now? And then people are going to be like, well, why the fuck do we care about this thing anyway? Like, like, are you, are we well, literally, well, dude, I like- mean, Din, Din himself. And you know, I was, I was kind of yeah. saying this last week, but Din in this episode says it straight up. He's like, listen, my people, we don't give two flying fucks about the dark saber or class nobility, essentially bloodline. Yeah. He's like, all we care about is honor. And, and you got, I mean, you got to love the guy. You know, we make fun of him. We make fun of his, you know, allegiance to the cult, but the cult, has made him a, a pretty damn well thought out galactic traveler. You know what I mean? Like he, he, he's, he gets, it. he's like, listen, lady, like you guys have all that nonsense with the saber and you know, you gotta be of, of blood. We just care about loyalty and honor. And, and, and that, if anything from the children is what more the Mandalorians need if they truly want to rebuild and be and actually be able to combat what's coming um, down the pipe, which is clearly going to be the full force of the remnant, some Thrawn action, and then eventually the First Order. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean that's what's going to happen. Like if 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 somebody's going to die, it's going to be Bo, which sucks because um, I really hope that if she does die, then she dies like going out as the Mandalorians are succeeding in retaking their planet. Um, only problem that arises then is like, well, who becomes the leader? Like who is, who is now the, or, or do they just go to like some sort of like more, uh, democratic based system where you don't have like a singular leader or like, dude, you're, you're, I mean, honestly, if, if things do go the way they go, you are probably right. I mean, we could see the, the first power struggle happen tomorrow. I mean, yeah. Knowing the bloodline Mandos, or I mean, they could challenge right there. Bo's gone. Boohoo, that was sad. All right, who's next? Who I challenge? You know, I, I could see that happening. Yeah. Why not? So I think that, like, with a lot of the, you know, speculation that's going on, um, I think it may come down to like, you know, if the if the armor isn't the betrayer. I don't think that she would willingly take up the mantle as the leader of Mandalore unless it's like, unless it's truly like a triple cross. And, and like one of the reasons why we don't see Mandos in the sequel trilogy again is because not only did you have the fucking, not only, so here's a possibility you have, you, you can have both the armorer and axe be spies or double cross, whatever. Like, Axe was the one that was feeding information to what you call it. But then uh, once Bo dies and the armor takes over, 
she was working for them the whole time anyway. And then the same thing that happened in Rebels or that, that happens in the uh, in the Imperial timeline just happens again to where an Imperial sympathizer takes over as the head of the Mandalorian people and then they're just fucking screwed again. Like, yeah, I mean, dude, I've been thinking about that shit too because, you know, let's say the good guys do ultimately win, Mandalore's retaken. How are these motherfuckers not ar- around when the First Order's doing its thing, you know? Or or is it what we've been hearing from Dave and John, like, oh, yeah, hey, listen, this is our sandbox, but, you know, some of these stories and characters, that they can be doing their own thing while, you know, other things are happening in the galaxy. So we, we could also have that, too, where they just pretend that Mandalorians don't give a fuck about the, the galaxy again. Who knows? But, yeah, I mean, that that is something to, to think about. What... it's where 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 are they i mean if if these people return to glory the spartans of star wars where the fuck are they when the bad guys come back like that like it's it that has always been an issue with how star wars stories have been told even under george where it's like okay i'm gonna tell you like ot obviously fine because there was nothing before or after it like we knew that based off of the numbers that yeah there's something that happened before but then like you tell the you tell the prequel trilogy and then you're like, OK, well, now we see how we kind of got here. But then there's so much time between these two things. Now I got to go back and fill in all the middle. And they did the same fucking thing with the sequel trilogy where it's like, OK, well, we jumped ahead so far that we have so much to tell you in the middle. And now we have to stitch it all together. Like, I, f- I really do feel like they need to fucking like get their head out of their ass and stop telling their stories out of order because it get, it, it it causes so many problems what? when you're trying I, to like when you're trying that. to that, tell stuff like <laughs> like that's a great point but dude you know why it's happening is because they didn't do their due diligence on oh, the sequels oh I mean, yeah that, i mean yeah like the, their choice to like push the sequels out as far as they did and and tell them the way that they told them like obviously it matches up with what george did with the prequels but it also causes a fucking shitload of problems where it's like, yeah. okay, well, now we have not only do we have to explain how we have an entire show that's dedicated to showing the the rise of the Mandalorians back to their glory again, but we now also have to explain, well, if they come back to their glory again, why, when the entire galaxy is about to be fucking destroyed, are they nowhere to be seen? Or do you just literally say, like, well, in the scene that you hate in Tross, when all the ships show up, the Mandalorian they're there, were also right, yeah, in the, there. Uh, the gauntlets like, are there. The light cruisers still there. That's right. I think yeah, I saw it's like, there. It, in frame is that 5, how you 000. solve it? Is like you just say like, well, they were there. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, look, they look, right there. See that dot? Home. See that dot? That's Bo's old ship. See it? Yeah. And so like, sometimes I get it. Like you want to like push your shit out and be like, okay, well, we're gonna give area for these people to cook and, and and really like make their own stories happen. But also you have to realize that you're still working in an interconnected galaxy where like, even if you give somebody 60 years of time, like of space to like work, you still have to fill in those narrative gaps at some point. So it's just like, yeah. Cause at this point it's like, okay, great. Like it was the same thing I was saying with all the Thrawn shit. It's like, okay, great. Thrawn comes to whatever. How long does it last? A year, two years, 10 years, 15 years. Like how long does like you now have to, you now are working on a time schedule with everything that you write. So it it does kind of get frustrating when it's like, if you just told it, if you told a story in sequential order, then 
you don't have to worry about, uh, well, now I got to make this work with this and this and all this yeah, other man. shit. Back, backfilling is, is never ideal and backfilling yeah. is never ideal, but that's the world we live in because the creator started in the middle. And yeah. It just seems they, they like to take that approach, even though he has had nothing to do with Star Wars since what, 2014 or 13 14. or 15. So yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Hey, I, I like these moments with Bo. Uh, this to me, as we're talking about Bo potentially being the one to die, the, the scene I have up on the live stream, which if you want to join 5P East on Tuesdays at Star Wars Time Show on YouTube, but a, a red flag for her death. And we could also compare her during this this season to, to Tech, and we know what potentially happened to him. I mean, think about all the character growth Bo has had. She's, she's on her way to redemption, full redemption, like Mac Daddy redemption. But when she's out there staring into the horizon and Din comes up, I mean, he, what he essentially says is, Lady Bo, I am your knight in shining arbor. I am in your service until you die. I mean, that's what he's saying. Until your song is written is until you're fucking dead. Yeah. So that, that, that's another like, hey, yeah, if you're I mean, paying attention, she may be dead by the end of the season. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's definitely dead. I mean, there's, they, they've, and, and the thing is, is like, now everybody like I hate that this thing came out from Brandon Wayne because now it's so fucking obvious. Um, but because like if I mean like at least we wouldn't have known that she was gonna die. Like they they could have ended this season with no main characters dying. Um, and you know the fact that now we know somebody dies from Brandon Wayne kind of sucks. As with every fucking leak because it just ruins what would be cool narrative moments for the people who actually want to watch this shit without reading it before it happens. Um, but they could have ended this whole se- They could have ended this season without either one of those motherfuckers dying. Like they, they didn't have to kill her off, but they are going to, which sucks. But yeah, that's what, what props is. is up here saying. Well, props Brendan, has also got props also knows that Brendan like, if, 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 ruined if, it. <laughs> if Katie dies, he's like, fuck man. <laughs> like, uh, that's that's my girl. I take her place. I don't know if he. I don't think he has her as a client oh, okay. yet. That, He's working she... way up. It, it seems he, they, uh, him, and and Scoundrel have kind of they they work the, with cornered the market on yeah. on like the secondary cast, which yeah, is still they, fucking kick they work ass. With I mean, the, uh, the armor with Emily Swallow and, and... but yeah, yeah I don't I mean, know. Like, but either way, just suck that... narratively, if she died in this one, which she is, so get prepared for it. More, more than likely. All right, continuing with our, our top moments here. I, I can see we're probably going to have to scrap something. That's all right. I, anytime we talk good Mando for hours on end, I'm, I'm here for it. But to kind of round out the top moments here, the, just the, the Mando v. Empire trap. I mean, Nick and I said we wanted to see Mando v. Empire in mass. We got it. Uh, sadly for our Mandalorians, they actually had to fight real, really competent Imperial forces. Um, what are we calling these people, Nick? I mean, are are these the new version of a, uh, an super imperial commandos. super commando? I mean, I mean, are they are they clones? Are are this, is this the first round of of Gideon's, as he literally says, Jedi Mando clones? clones or are these yeah. are these holdover Mandalorians, Maldalorians, or troopers that actually aren't dumb? I mean. If anything, like if he's if if what he described is what they actually are, like Jedi Mando clones, they're they're V one Sith troopers, is what they are. Um, and good point. But like, but like realistically, they're probably more like Imperial Super Commandos, like we saw in Rebels timeline, 
than anything. Well, well yeah, I mean, dude, now we know the, the Empire never left Mandalore, or at least <laughs> get Gideon's wing there. of it. I mean, they just stayed there buried in, and, and he's got a fucking fortress under there with, you know, who knows? I, I know Paz really thinned their fucking ranks. I mean, I think Paz himself took out... 50 of these motherfuckers before his gun overheated oh yeah but yeah i mean they're 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 clearly not robots uh i don't think they're clones yet because he he it doesn't seem like he's figured out the the science quite yet even though we saw cloning tubes in there so he is he's fucking cloning he's trying yeah like he's yeah. trying stuff so but uh yeah they're, they're they're definitely not robots you also gotta like gideon himself like hey Dark Trooper 4.0, you know why it's the best? Because I'm in it, bitch. (laughs) I fucking love Giancarlo, man. I mean, it just, I I know, I know he's not Moff Gideon, but he is. You know what I mean? Where did his mustache go, by the way? I mean, did you notice Gideon shaved his fucking stash? They made him shave it off for the brief amount of time that he was in New Republic prison, maybe. (laughs) No facial hair allowed. This, this the the whole battle was great, and then it turns into the trap. But it it, it was it was I guess it was intriguing to see, uh, Mandalorian forces, or not Mandal like Imperial forces actually being competent against another impressive force in the galaxy. I mean, it yeah. was a it was pretty much a a a one to one fight because mm-hmm. of of the Beskar. I mean, we got to give our Mandos an edge because they're. Their life is training how to use their armor in the in the weapon kit, but I mean they they gave them a hell of a fight. These as we're calling, I, I like Nick's V one Sith trooper or just the the next gen of the uh, super commandos. But I tell you what, man, that that Beskar can do wonders for a a a force that used to struggle in battle both with accuracy and dying. Oh yeah. I mean, like now you can get shot as many times as you want. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Like (laughs) unless they shoot you in the neck or in between your armor plates, you're really kind of like not, not doing that bad. That's why Paz is throwing people off of cliffs and shit, because that's really the most accurate way to take them down now. I just, I don't know why people in star Wars don't aim for more gut shots because most Mandalorians are not protected in their midsection by Beskar. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it may not kill them, but you can definitely slow one down if you shoot him in their fucking stomach, especially Paz's belly. I think that thing almost like hung over his belt a little bit. Come on. But <laughs> hey, listen, it just, it, it looked great. I mean, that's what we've been hoping to see this season. We got to see, you got to see that, you know, even in an ambush, Mandalorians are pretty fucking impressive. Yeah. I mean, they're like, oh, yeah, they beat him back. They didn't beat him back. I mean, they wanted to follow them in into the, you know, the deeper halls of Gideon's secret yeah, they were, base. They were drawing them in. The whole of way. course. Like, of course. But yeah, I mean, it, it goes all the way to the trap. The trap is great. I mean, our, our hero gets separated. He's the only one that survives. I mean, it's I, I guess we have to assume that Gideon's like, hey, don't shoot the guy in and uh, just, uh, without the paint. Okay. Let yeah. him live, shoot all the other ones. Cause he did get trapped with like four other mandos. They get wasted in two seconds. Then, yeah. you know, starts lighting the room on fire and, and it takes, you know, 15 grappling hooks to take him down. Um, but this is also where you realize that star Wars is star Wars and bad guys are always dumb as fuck. <laughs> you you have Din Djarin on his knees and you don't just chop his head off. Yeah. Take what, him to what, the, why does, <laughs> what the fuck does Gideon need to learn 
Yeah. From Din Djarin. Like, what, what can he, what, what, what does he need to interrogate him for? It, it, it is the typical, like, you know, like the standard yeah, maniacal. Bad guy oh, 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 here's my plan. Let me tell you my plan. And so we can draw things out so Bo can cut holes in doors and, and you know, do an end around flank <laughs> maneuver. It's just like, bro, if what what could you possibly draw out of Din Djarin's head that's yeah, going mean, to benefit like this, you? Like, if anything, he knows the least out of everybody. <laughs> like, he he has no information that he can give you. I mean, like, what can he tell you? Like, what, All right, like I, I, so I, I see, I, I see Devin and props in here. Mind flay, mind flay. Uh, uh, what does so what, that, what does that what? achieve? Yeah. It's like, what are you going to get out of it? Like, what, Din what doesn't you, know you, shit. Like Din doesn't you, even know that there's a mythosaur <laughs> under the fucking, under this, the planet that they're sitting on. Right. Like he doesn't know. I, I mean, I, I guess if it's like a full flay, it just turns him into a vegetable. So that's one yeah. less skilled warrior to deal with. But, and it's like, honestly, but if then why not like, just fucking kill him? Like, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, I like know why they don't kill him, but it, it's still, it's silly. If you're going to capture anyone, like if your goal is to like capture one of them to like turn them to your side and have them fight for you, I, I much rather have Paz than Din. Like, because they take like, Bo-Katan I, and the Darksaber because yeah, Gideon take, clearly still wants it to lead. Yeah, like there, there's just there, there were way better options. And I mean, like, it's a main character thing. He's got plot armor, so you can't kill him. But like, realistically, he what what does he know that no that that other people don't know? Or like, what value well, here, does he here hold? Prop said he will forget everything so he works for them. But if he gets mind the played the fuck, will he even know his skills anymore? I mean, yeah, will will he even know how to be a Mandalorian? Will he but, know how to be a weapon of yeah. war if his mind is wiped out? I don't because it's mean, also like, what's the point then? It's like, okay, well, you mind flam, and then what? You have one more soldier that's in white armor. It's like, who gives a fuck at that point? Like. Like if you're like, if that, if that was the case, then like capture them all, like lock them in that fucking room, toss some gas in there, knock them all out and then bring them back in mind flay the whole thing. Well, yeah. That's, that's the other good point. They should have just dropped when they had them sandbox, just, you know, open, open a port in a ceiling and drop a bunch of yeah. thermal detonators. See ya. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> all right, win. now y'all are toast. Like, yeah. Mandalore's like, mine again. It's like, you like, I think we like in a narrative sense, it's like, oh, oh no, they've captured our hero. Now we have to see how he gets out. And that's like the whole thing to it. But like in, in like in like a realistic way of like, what would do you benefit by having by having him? The only thing that you could potentially argue is like, well, now you force them to try to rescue him. And like that's that's like your bargaining chip is like, OK, well, now you have to come to us because we have see in. that that makes sense to me because he still wants the dark saber. I mean, he says as much to Bo. When he captures Din, like, give me the fucking Darksaber, I'm, I'm ruling Mandalore again. And that kind of takes me back to, you know, what if Axe did work a deal with him? Like, hey, man, I'll, I'll get you the Darksaber again as long as, you know, you're, you're the leader, you'll have the saber, we're with you. Just let us live on our planet again and start rebuilding it. Um, yeah, hey, listen, guys, we're not, we're, not, we're not piling on you. I just, I don't understand the mind flay angle, and I've seen it on plenty of, of different other posts, so... That that's not just something coming up here, and and who knows, maybe it happens. It just doesn't quite make sense to me with how they've showed us how mind flaying works. It just doesn't. It seems like even if you get the like the the mushroom version of it, where you have a fun trip, I I don't know how much of you you retain. I mean, maybe you retain everything, but would you still then? be brainwashed enough to work for a, a bad guy that you hate. I mean, if anything, uh, it'll like 
what it'll do is like you have a scene where they flay him and he's fighting against them. And then you have that moment of like, and it, okay. So like here, here's what'll happen. So, okay. I, they I think fucking I know flay him and then he kills Bo when he's all fucked up and then they, they, and then they rescue him or he comes out of it somehow. Cause Grogu, Grogu does a force thing yeah, to repairs fix his, his head. Brain. And then he's like, oh my God, what did I do? What did I do? And you look have at that this moment. guy. Like that's look that's at this guy. Look at this guy. Nice one. No, I, I like that, Nick. That um that yeah, gets a it, cheer for sure. Yeah, because then no, that, that'll I, I yeah. like that. I like I, I could see them them doing that. And then you also like that that also gives imagine, you like the yeah, props saying imagine Din doesn't remember Grogu. All right, okay. All yeah, right. well, well, I think you know, that's I mean, kind of what Nick is saying. Zombie. And then it also yeah. like if he's the one who kills Bo Katan, then you can keep your dark saber bullshit by being like, well, technically he killed him, so he has the dark saber, so he's the dark saber person for the Mandalorians, and blah blah blah. Even though he was mind controlled or mind flayed or whatever you want to call it. He killed Bo-Katan, so he wins the Darksaber, so it's still in Mandalorian hands, and it doesn't belong to to, to Gideon. So you can keep the bullshit that, with the Darksaber going. That's um, getting really far out. Like, uh, whoa, boy, how about that? Woo! Um, that's getting really far out. But, but like, hey, honestly, like, that's the best. It is Star be- Wars. Like, if you're going to kill Bo, that's the best way to do it. You, have, you, you kill her with the mind controlled din din and, yeah. and then like you have that's an emotional like moment because she does like because she like what is she gonna do like she's right. she wants to save this guy like she wants to like not kill him but she's like he's coming at her full fucking force and you know so it it, it sets up a good like intense narrative fight because as it is now, if it was just like all the Mandalorians versus all of the, the Imperial super commandos or what, like what, what's your, what's your point of tension? Like, like what is your, what's your high stakes moment? There isn't one. Like there's no high stakes moment. If it's just a straight up fight, like what's the high stakes moment, Bo fighting Gideon, who was a complete buffoon who right. got his ass kicked hey, by man, Din. You're, you're <laughs> like, making sense, man. You're making sense. That that will be rough, and that does kind of play in the Brendan Wayne's mantra he's put out there for this episode. Like, it's going to be going to be rough to take in. All right, to kind of round out that top moment of, of the trap, obviously the, 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 the somber close to the story of, of Paz Vizsla. I, I mean, it, it, that is, if you're going to go out, that's a way to go out. To where you you essentially wipe out an ent- an entire battalion, and uh, you know his his weapon fails him. He even takes some out with with melee, and then we see you know Gideon's call comes in to to roost here. I mean he he we heard him ask for the Praetorian guards. He gets them, and now we see why he wanted them. And you know I, I I'm not saying these are the same three that are in part of Snoke's guard that we see in the last Jedi, who knows? I mean, they do have the, the same weapons and for the most part, their, their armor's similar, but still closer to an Imperial guard at this point. It's not as rigid as they get in, in TLJ and their helmets. I still contend look very Mandalorian esque. I mean, let's be real. So, uh, I mean, Paz, he had no chance. I mean, yeah, We know the Praetorian guards from TLJ. They're 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 not dipshits. They're not yeah, your common they're not guard. 
I mean, they, they, even though they did lose, it took two, it took the fucking dyad essentially working together to take them all out. So they are highly skilled. I don't know what that means. I don't know if they are former Mandalorians, if they do have a little force juice in them. I don't think they do. Um, but he, he went out like a warrior. I mean, he, he gave him what he could, but you're not going to beat three on one when they have, you know, light weapons that can pierce Beskar and, and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, they, they made short work of him. So uh, I'm assuming, do, do we get a battle between the good and these guys again, Nick? Or are the Praetorian so. Guards kind of wiped off the map for now? No, I assume that they'll be back in the final battle. And that'll be that'll also be like a cool fight scene where it's like, oh, shit, they're fighting the Praetorians that just killed Haz. Um, I don't think that those three are the same ones that were in the, the Snoke throne room. I just think that, like... It's too far, like it's too long of a gap. Yeah, to they, use those they would be old as shit. Yeah, they, 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 they would, they'd, they'd be, be like sixty or seventy <laughs> trying yeah, they, to swing <laughs> that thing around. Yeah. But it, it, it's almost like the Praetorian Guard. You know, I, I I don't know what to compare this to in in the real world, but it, it's like they always have the same three, each using a specific weapon. You know what I mean? So yeah. like through time. They just replace the fucking sword guy and then they'll replace the the light whip guy. Yeah. But you know, they, they you always assume that role, that you always assume you're you're this Praetorian with this weapon. Yeah. So it, it, it never feels like they they go away. You know, they, yeah. they, they they're always persistent. So, but it, I, it was a good death. I mean, I, I you know, Paz has never been one of my favorite guys. He's kind of a douche, always whining, always bitching, always fucking with my boy Din. Uh, but he, you know, he turned himself around this season. He he earned this death, as as Nova's saying here. It definitely was a a warrior's death, a a Mandalorian warrior's death. How about that? So yeah. good stuff there yeah. in the top moments. Holy shit, we are we are really diving deep into this thing. All right, an ultimate episode. That's right. I mean, it's good shit. It was definitely it was. good it was, stuff. It was and, a very very next good week. This conversation could be even longer. So let's go. <laughs> Two, the eggs references and all that fun stuff. So let me switch gears real, real quick, pull up the new post, and let's dive right on into it. So first up, we get an IPD talking with Kane, and she also drops her TK number, TK2755. I looked it up. Doesn't point to anything that, that would make people go, ooh, wow, that was a nice little Easter egg. But, you know, you did get the TK designation in there. So that's that. Um, and really, I mean, that opening scene, Nick, it just, it begs for that Star Wars Underworld series to be a thing. I mean, it, to me, it, it really looked like what George was trying to do it, yeah, based was, on some of that footage like, we saw. It had a bit of Andor feel to it, you know, like yeah. that, it had like a clandestine type of Andor feel, especially from like the first two episodes where they're still on, what was it, all not Aldani, whatever the first fucking planet was before they go to Ferrix. I can't remember the name of it now. Um, but like when he's like, you know, doing shady dealings over there, I mean, it had a, it had that type of feel to it. So, uh, yeah, big, big fan of, of that scene for sure. It strong opening to the episode. Yep. And then up next we got all, it was, it was like, uh, you know, who's who of references and, and things of note once we were reintroduced to Gideon in his secret base but we got the cloning tanks that we've seen in, in season one, and they look very similar to the Bad Batch, just what we saw there at the end of season two. 
I mean, let's just, it was literally like a who's who of mentions, uh, you know, not to miss the fact that he's walking through those ray shields that look very similar to what we saw in TPM when Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are fighting our boy Maul. And then once you hit the Shadow Council itself, Nick, it's just like, let's just start name dropping shit left and right. We got the Thrawn, Commandant Brendel Hux, who... Played by Brian Gleason, brother of Donald Gleason, who played Armitage Hux. So you got that uh, family connection in there. We got the Project Necromancer, which refers to Palpatine. So, yeah, I mean, the the whole Shadow Council was nothing but references for nuts like me to dig into. So dug it all. And and that wasn't it. Like like I told you earlier, I mean, the captain there, Peleon. I'm clearly not a big book reader, but for fans of Zahn, I mean, this was like, yeah, he's here. They brought him back from Legends. And I know he kind of did some com work in Rebels, so they were already working this character back in. Uh, But to to get him and and the fact that they use Xander Berkeley, who looks just like the captain from Heir to the Empire, if you look at any of the illustrations. I mean, Nick, it is an un- canny casting that they did with this guy because he looks just like the um, captain from the uh, Thrawn legend stories and like we said earlier you you can tell that this is Thrawn's dude because he's the only one that is really stomping for the the grand return that he thinks is happening while none of his other (laughs) I don't even know like it's so funny too because if you read the if you read the like the subtitles while it was on, he's clearly still very unsure if Thrawn's going to come back. He's like, well, when, uh, and it's like, it says at one point, like stutters. And it's oh, like, yeah, yeah. He's like, w- 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 when Thrawn comes back, it'll be fine. Like, but it's like, it, you can tell uh, whenever they met in their journey through the Imperial Navy, he latched on the Thrawn oh. and that was going to be his guy to pull him through. And, you know, he's going to do whatever it takes to, regain that power it, it, it it's very reminiscent of what i'm seeing in the final season of of succession and you know some things happen to where you know certain allies are doing other things and they're their hangers on are like oh shit there there kind of goes my my meal ticket type of deal and and that's that that's the captain for you there oh, there you go oh, boy devin hooked us up more lana that that was the point lana for, more lana five yeah more, more lana that's right that's where it all started that's how he got cereal on his ass because that was his old district so thank you devin. Hey, devin okay up next uh in this one it's weird you know i think it's people from my generation but when i got in the discord uh, tones confirmed my own feeling, but when I saw the Mandalorian Nomad ship, I was I was waiting for Kevin Costner yeah, to jump off world. it with his with his webbed feet and, and gilled neck, because man, does that does it feel like a a water world vessel? And if you think about it, that's what it is. Instead of skimming water, it's skimming the glass surface of Mandalore. But but everything about the Nomads felt very water world-esque they, they were very dystopian i love their you know their chunky armor and their 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 salvaged gear i mean they, they definitely do look like they've been living on the surface from you know uh you know running from location to location to location just to stay alive yeah uh, and now you know we're not done with them the the two main Mandalorian nomads, the ones that got some speaking parts, are from other properties you're probably well aware of. Uh, the, you know, the first one being Skinny Pete. 
Charles Baker. So the 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 crusty old white guy. That's Skinny Pete from Breaking Bad, the crackhead that was friends with Jesse. And I, I saw earlier, if you look at his one pauldron, Nick, the one that's showing in the image, mm-hmm. it's a repurposed B2 head. That's what I was going to say. Is that like, it is. It definitely it looks like a head from something. It is. I, I, I saw it pop up on socials today and then um, uh, Batches re-mentioned again in the chat. Uh, and then the other actor, if you're a fan of Top Gun Maverick, he was the other. Um, That's what he's. He was from. the other admiral that wasn't fucking with Maverick. Okay, yeah, he was okay. kind of one like, he was kind of one like you know, wink, wink, nod, nod, in the Maverick. Yeah. Wow. The I other was staring guy was at dickhead. him for so long. I was like, I know this guy from somewhere, but I couldn't place it. Yep. Yeah. Char- Charles yeah. Parnell is his name. So, okay. um, but yeah, I mean, th- these guys could, like we said, th- these guys could be the spies too. You know, maybe they made a deal like, Hey Gideon, can we at least get a, like a hovel or something? If we, if we rat these bastards out, cause it's just like how, how these people living on the surface Nazi convoys of fucking Imperial starships coming down and docking in an underground base. I mean, yeah, no. come on. I mean, there's so many options for the spy right. that it, and that's what I was saying. It could literally be multiple people. It could, it could be like, you know, uh, armor is long game. And then Axe is the one who gave up that they God were damn, in I mean, armor, orbit. dude, her long game, we're talking decades. That is a long fucking game. But yeah. we, we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't even have to say uh, in days. I mean, we're, we're talking hours at this point in time. I mean, I am less than 12 hours away from from getting the goods. And, and I'm, might, I'm ready. I might for- actually watch this one on release. <laughs> Instead yeah. of waiting until the day of the, I'll, of um, the I'll, uh, you know, I always give Nick a, like a high sign in our slack. I never spoil anything, yeah, but yeah. you know, this, this week I just said, yes, 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 yes. I was like, you'll, you'll get it when you get it. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think this is one just based on what, what is going to be an, an inevitable fan explosion one way or the other. Yeah. You're, you're probably going to want to get this one yeah, off the board. I got I got to watch it so I don't catch any strays. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> otherwise you're you're going to get hit. It's going to be yeah. too easy. Yeah, uh, you know, hey, Praetorian Guards. Let's go. We got them. We we knew, you know, we got the rumor they're coming even the the sketch of what they look like was was spot on. Uh, but it was cool to see them. I mean, I I I like their mystique. I like how they carry themselves. They know they're fucking badass. And you know, at this point, I I kind of want to delve deeper into the whole Praetorian thing. Like, where were they? Why did they just show up now? Why didn't fucking Palpatine have a few of his own instead of those Imperial Guards? Or is this the second coming in the Imperial Guards and the Imperial Guards were just lazy assholes during the Empire's reign? Uh, Do they have any ties to Mandalorians or the Force? Uh, Because they, with... Just melee weapons. I mean, we, we're never going to be able to figure out what they would have done with Paz if he still had his his heavy gun. Yeah. But with just melee weapons, they seem unstoppable. You know what I mean? Like they 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 seemed even more skilled than Mandalorians themselves. Yeah. No. I mean, it's uh, it's it's one of those things where like I think it, I think even if he had his gun, because of how slow he moves with it, and how, and because of like they how still it restricts cut him his movement. They still would have yeah. got him, but it. I mean, it, as soon as you see him take out the the little dagger, you're like, "Oh, you're you're fucked!" Like you don't even have a yeah, chance. Good luck. The dude. only the only shot he had was to fly away. Like that. It, but that, and they they made it clear it, his pack was fucked yeah, from his, his the gun. Like it was definitely yeah. sparking 
Because, you know, I, my mom was in town because my wife had to get surgery to remove some tumors. So far, so good. We, had, we don't know if they're uh, malignant yet, but it, it's probably going to be all right. But so we're watching the episode. And my mom, you know, she's an older lady in her 70s. She, she loves this stuff. And, and this, this episode just emotionally fucking worked her over. And in the, the Paz moment, she could kind of see the writing on the wall. And she's like, just fly away. Just use your jetpack. Come on. You got to get away. Come on, big guy. You got to get away. I'm like, Mom, it's it's sparking, it's man. Over. That thing that thing ain't lighting up. And, you yeah. know, sure enough, it happens. And he dies like a hero. But it was hey, funny man. to see that reaction. It's the same. Uh, it's the same thing I said about tech in the in the finale is a good death is a good death. And that's all you can ask for as a secondary character, honestly, is a good death. Yeah, 100 percent. And uh, I, I I can't can't quite remember why I have an image of Gideon in his pimp suit, but it looks cool. So there you go. Hopefully it was probably make a hot just because he was like, oh, because of what he said. He, like he he was like, oh yeah, it, it's better because I'm in. I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Linda up in the chat. A, a few scrolls up there was like, you know, maybe he's just cloning himself to put in those fucking suits of armor because he he clearly thinks very highly of his. Uh, both you know mental prowess and physical skills so you never know a guy like that very very well could be cloning himself like those creeps that would go to the sperm banks and just you know make 50 deposits now they have like a thousand kids spread across the country uh it's cool suit and let's hope for the the hot toys like i said i just i need to find someone that i can now pay to place my hot toys on a glass shelf and take them down when i need to because it sucks all right. Holy hell. Was that a fucking deep dive or what? I think Long we got way. all the ha's. Oh, Grogu <laughs> stopping the duel. Love that moment. I mean, that it was... just goes to show you. He, no, he's, no, 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 yeah, no, he, he, he knows what's up. Yeah. Uh, Super Commandos we talked about. Gideon has Beskar Dark Troopers and drop. Yeah, we talked about that. Oh, well, this is perfect. So th- this will lead into our speculation, my last two huhs. And, and as we speculate, Nick, I'm going to finally pull up the, why the fuck is Star Wars theories site on here? That wasn't what I had queued up. I'm going to pull up, there it is, Brendan Wayne's post. So if you're on the stream, you haven't seen it yet, we got it up right now. And it, it's literally, like I said, it's the real Brendan Wayne on Instagram replying to a fan. A fan just posted, what an episode. And he gets this reply from a main cast member. This next episode is going to make you wish you hadn't asked for more. It might just hurt too much. <laughs> and that's where, you know, my dumb ass scan it. I instantly put my fat face on a reel, throw it up there, try to generate some news. Everyone sees my post and just acts like they found it themselves. That's fine. I'm used to it. But that's a big deal. I'm sorry. Like that, when, when you have a guy like that, and I've, I looked through his socials, he, he doesn't really comment much, doesn't really do a ton of posting. He went out of his way to fucking drop this knowledge. And that's why, you know, Nick, without even knowing, when we start chatting today, he's already talking about like, oh, big, big characters dying. I'm like, well, it's because of this. He started it. The guy that plays, the main guy that plays Din Djarin started this. So clearly someone big is dying in the finale as we begin our predictions here. And, and what I had written down, and, and we've talked about, and we don't have to go into it, but, but this is, these are the candidates, I believe, to warrant a reaction like this from Brendan. Din, Bo, Grogu, or 
a collection of secondaries. So not just one, like, you know, Casca dies and Armorer dies, Axe dies, like some secondaries that had a few speaking lines that they, they all kind of go out and the Mandalorian herd gets thinned a bit. So I, I know Nick, we, we, we've, we've kind of beat this like a dead horse and, and you're, you're on bow. I'm definitely leaning towards bow. Uh, but out of those options, could you think of anything else that could elicit a reaction like this? Let's, let's say it's not a death. Is there, is there anything else you could, you could, you could kind of speculate what Brendan's talking about here? I mean, the only the only way that I could see this re- like hurt. No, actually, no. There's nothing else that I would that I would assume. It's got to be a big would, name dying, right? Yeah, <laughs> that would hurt be. because, like, even if it even if this even if it ends and there's no death and it it like ends on a cliffhanger where like, uh, like it ends with Din being like still mind fucked and loyal to the the like imperial remnant or if it ends with him being like his his mind being completely like flayed and destroyed and he doesn't remember anything i don't know if that would be a hurt thing i think hurt is like this character is gone forever um and i think that the only one that really makes it cuz like to me if din died i don't think it would really make that much of a difference in terms of like hurt but that that's just to me like if Din well, dies, I, I can tell you if Din dies, the the fucking fandom that is not. Oh yeah, like they would lose fans. Their mind. Oh, they, they they will literally burn down yeah. Kathleen so, Kennedy's I mean, house. It's not him. The only thing that would make me think that it would be him, that it's possible to be him, is like the off comment that Rick Famuyiwa said, to where he was like, "Well, the man, like the title of the Mandalorian doesn't apply. Like it's not talking about Din anymore." Um. No, you're right. I mean, Rick essentially channeled you from preseason one saying, hey, listen, this this can mean anybody with a fucking helmet on their head. So like, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be Din because Din's your only character that takes you off of Mandalore from here on out. Um, unless shit goes completely. Well, well, I mean, that's like, why we, I say we, like, like if you kill Din and Grogu, like, I mean, I, I trust John and Dave. So if they do make that choice, I'm trusting them, but th- that's, you're kneecapping yourself pretty fucking hard. Yeah. And I mean, also like we're, we're working under the assumption that like the Mandalorians win and retake their planet. It's highly likely that they just fucking lose and they don't retake their planet. Um, but it's not Din because he's your titular character and he's also the one that like gives you your mobility in this universe. So it's not him. Um, but Pedro no- hates Disney cause they make him wear a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> They also pay him a fucking shitload of money to sit in an ADR booth and do nothing. So I don't know how much he can hate him. Um, uh, so I don't think anybody would be hurt if the armor died. I don't think anybody would be hurt if any of the characters died. It's going to be Bo. So she's, she's the death. Um, that yeah, is going to happen. Scoundrel saying here, a guy from ILM just tweeted, the end is nigh. Prepare yourselves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh. like, I mean, OFP and, Marine, I saw someone speculate it's going to be a Walking Dead and Glenn type of moment. I hope not. Like that, that, that would be, I don't, I mean, like, be kind of out of character for Star Wars, but you never like know. He is because I didn't watch The Walking Dead after the first season. Like he's the one that got like hit to death with a baseball bat, right? But but kind of like it, they they established it was an okay, so the way this happened, you had a cliffhanger where Negan 
wax a guy, but you don't see who it is. You come back yeah. to the new season, you learn that it was it was Abraham. So mm. it's like, oh, it wasn't Glenn after all, because you know Glenn gets it in the comics. But then you know Daryl Daryl speaks some shit, and then you know Negan goes over and ends up whacking Glenn on the head a few times anyway. So um, yeah, yeah I mean, it was almost like a fake out where you where you thought, all right, Glenn made it out, but then he gets his brains bashed in right there at the end. Yeah, I mean. Your your only other option is Grogu. Like the the only other option is like which Grogu would be marketing suicide, like yeah, like no, licensed like, suicide. He, yeah, he's like the only thing that that like that like sells to the mass populace from this show. So they're not going to do that. I mean, like also if if they did kill him, oh my god, it would be a heart wrenching moment. But it would also be the it would be the only big loss that legitimately means nothing because like Grogu as a character is just a tag along. Like he doesn't do anything that like that benefits or really hinders anybody else. Like he's there as like a cute sidekick and like everybody's always asked like, Oh, well, why wasn't he around in the sequel trilogy? It may literally be because he's dead, but like you could kill him off. Unlikely. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's highly unlikely. Like if if this truly is about a character, Bo makes the most sense. We we've gone through it. There there've been a lot of red flags throughout the season, and if you compare her journey to Tex, who just presumably died, Mm -hmm. very similar. You know, went went from a loner to not really being a fan of Din and his cult to coming around to the way, redeeming herself in the eyes of of her initial followers. Getting them all the Mandalore, leading the charge to retake the planet. I mean, she is on a a very clear yeah. redemption arc. I mean that that may complete with her sacrifice. Yeah, I mean, in what would really be a kick in the nuts for a bow death is like she dies and they don't even win because, like I said, it's still. But it's, it would it would stick to her story, yeah. right? Like her like story has tried. always been failure, sadly. Yeah, <laughs> like she tried. Yeah, but I don't she, know. So, she really gave it her all. But all yeah, right, I mean, so like, so, th- so that aside for a prediction, we, we know a big characters dying. It sounds like Team SWTS is going with Bo. Who knows? May or may not happen. I mean, there are some things I've I've seen out of the corner of my eye in terms of you know we do know there's a celebration out there from our own leak. What does that mean? Why are they celebrating if they lose? When yeah. can the celebration take place? If the episode's only 30 minutes long, do we resolve the conflict in the first 25, 30? And then the last is for the sad stuff and the celebration. Who knows? So big death is going to happen. We're going bow, if that's the case. Um, here, here's another prediction I'm going with, and, and I don't really think this is a... I'll, I'll take the trophies if you want to send it. But the New Republic is showing up and it's going to be led by Tiva and Delphi Squadron. So I, I, I could see Zeb making an appearance in a fighter, uh, Trapper, Rick's character, Deb's character. They're yeah. fucking coming because A, the Mandalorians have R5 with them. We know yeah. he can get tracked. B, Tava was the one that found the, the down shuttle and was starting to put two and two together, Mandalorians, Empire... What does that mean for the New Republic? And and C, you can tell everyone at Adelphi is itchy to do something because they are seeing these signs. They are making the request, but they're getting denied. So I could see Adelphi Squadron going rogue and showing up in at Mandalore 
right at the last second to turn the tide when we think that the fleet is going to be completely annihilated. So I, I, I am thinking the New Republic shows up via Delphi Squadron, which is going to be Teva, uh, Trapper, I'm hoping Zeb. And with Zeb, we know, and Dave has said something interesting about Zeb's cameo. Like, hey, when Zeb walks out of that room to... To, to tell someone about what's going on. Who do you think that could be? It's, it's, it's either going to be Hera or Sabine. Yeah. So we could see their introduction into live action via this, what I think is not going to be blessed by the New Republic, but is going to be the Adelphi people going rogue, rogue squadron yeah. rogue, style. Rogue squadron V2. I mean, it would make sense for Sabine to show up too, considering it's like a fight for her home planet. Um, Even though we haven't really like right. had any hints at her she being she, she would definitely be coming through the new republic though i think through yeah. through zeb that that connection um <laughs> I, I don't see tava dying yeah maybe maybe some of the pilots could die but probably not because they want their cameos that's yeah. asking boba yeah i mean th there's still a chance for boba i'm just wondering what's the impetus for him showing up does that did, didn't have something on his armor when it gets stripped it sends him a fucking yeah. notice does Grogu know how to contact Boba? Why though? Like you remember when they're on the surface, they can't come out. So yeah. anyone on the surface fucked. So unless Boba knew Din's plans, I, I, how does he get alerted? And I'm not saying it, it might not happen. It very well could. You, you might as well loop in all these Mandoverse characters, but yeah. how does he even find out? But like, do you save like the real big, like, end game moment with all the all the boat uh all the boys coming together like do you save that for the movie event or do you like bust that shit now yeah I, that, that's like listen i i won't be surprised if boba shows up we, we've seen plenty of rumors that he could i just wonder what how does he get there how yeah. why because you can't call out from the surface yeah. Uh, so, then, so the fleet like, no longer knows that they're captured. The fleet doesn't know that the ground forces are fucked. Are fucked. Yeah. I mean, until like again, like depending on what Axe's motivations are, until Axe breaks atmosphere, well, there and you go. Can yeah. Communicate. Nobody would know that they're in trouble. And even if they did, even if even if like the aerial forces know they're in trouble, nobody up there knows Boba Fett. Like nobody knows to contact him right? unless like, I mean, but no, like, like there's nobody like, cause even like, I guess you could like put out a call to grief and then, but I don't even know if, if grief knows Boba, like, I don't think grief knows. He Boba probably knows him through the, the guild yeah, like back through, in yeah, the, like the through guild the, days through the guild and stuff. But I don't know if he knows the connection that Din has to Boba. Bat, so like, I you just know, Bat know. has a point here. R5 through Pelly. Sure. I mean, that's a connection. Sure. I guess. Um, SW but, props. We have to see. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, we're not done fully predicting yet. So we'll, we'll move on from this. I mean, Boba and gang doesn't make as much sense as New Republic, but I, I'm not going to be surprised. Like, listen, th th this is an ensemble universe at this point in time. The more chances they can bring everyone together and, and, and write more stories with them as a crew, they're going to take it. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Mythosaur thing is going to happen. You, you don't just tease that. You, you don't tease that in, in episode, what, two? And, and then it just, Never no payoff. So yeah, I mean, more than likely... Uh, you know, Bo-Katan, since she's the one directly tied into that thread, will be the one to get the Mythosaur. I, I don't know, Nick, do you think it's as she cut herself out, is her initial plan like, fuck it, I'm going for the beast? 
or is that something that that happens more organically? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's like a that's a good question because I think that if the mythosaur emerges too early in this battle, it's just like, well, it's over, right? Like you don't really stand a chance now as the imperial forces. You're just kind of fucked. Um, maybe it's like a last ditch effort. Like, okay, we're losing. I got to get there and, and see if this can be like our, our mid fight turn. Um, and I also like, you know, if you think about it, like there's very, there's only two people who know that the mythosaurus back then doesn't know because he, he wasn't conscious. Um, the only other person that knows is the armor. So you could look at that two ways that eliminates her from being the spy because she's the only one who can, who knows that the mythosaur is there and she's the only one that knows that could save the Mandalorians if the fight turns. Or if she is the spy, then she could use the mythosaur for bad. Um, yeah, I mean, or you just don't fuck with the mythosaur until the end. And then like they, like somebody else discovers it after Bo-Katan's dead or she like passes that info on to somebody else in her dying breaths, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's see, I, I could see it kind of like the beast that popped up in this episode and, and the armor and Bo herself has said like these things are awakening on the planet, letting us know that a new age is being ushered in. I mean, you could also yeah. argue that just from the conflict taking place in the bowels of the planet Mandalore, yeah, that like the mythosaur is just going to fucking come out and start kicking everyone's ass and, and Bo or someone tries to tame it and be the rider. Like, I, I don't I don't necessarily see her going to the pool and whistling like, you know, come here, come here, buddy. Come here, Sparky. Come on. Yeah. It's time to go. Look, I got the, the little uh, black saber sword. Let's go. I, I could see the beast being a beast and fucking tearing apart the base because they're fucking with his home. And, and the good Mandalorians are like, you know what? Fuck it. Our ancestors supposedly did this thing. Let's try, and 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 she's the one that um, successfully mounts to kind of turn the tide. I mean, I could, I could see the Mythosaur just eating Gideon's base and and just bashing it to bits. If anything, um, the the Mythosaur might be a later season thing, but who knows? I mean, yeah, we got. I mean, it's like it's, later it's, season, as in like later next episode, season? maybe. Nah, yeah. I, I dude, there's been too much smoke around this. Like, it, they, they got to pay off on that episode two yeah i don't deal, so. i don't know if they would hold it because after now yeah i don't know i mean i guess they could but like that's a weird like if, if you were gonna hold it i feel like you would tease it later in the season all right so let, let's kind of put predictions to bed so we can move on i'm yeah. you know we're gonna get a big death it's gonna be Bo, but it, yep. it will be glorious potentially in sacrifice maybe she even dies trying to ride the mythosaur and she succeeds in the ride but it kills her one of those types of things uh, mm -hmm. The New Republic is definitely coming to assist the fleet with a, an outside chance of, of Boba showing up just because him and Din are butt buddies and you never know. Maybe he brings Cobb like, like uh, Bat's been saying because they are, you know, <laughs> they, they are Din's buddies. Uh, Din may be sidelined for a, a, a good part of this episode, if not cliffhanger style. You know what I mean? Like, like, like steady cliffhanger style. Um, Din probably won't have many heroics in this episode. And, and if Nick's idea rings true or whoever brought it up, Din could become an antagonist for a little bit. Um, but things that I, I'm taking to the bank, at least so I can get a win here or there. 
Main character Death Bow. Yep. New Republic shows up in the nick of time and essentially says, fuck you, Mon Mothma. We're Rogue Squadron. We we need to start, you know, checking these these warlords a bit more. And I'm also gonna say the season ends on a cliffhanger, I hope. I, I, I could take that. I know some people don't like it, but I the way I felt after Bad Batch season two finale, I dig it. I dig kind of having things a bit unresolved and power players, protagonists kind of still being in a bind. So I would go. really like it if it ended where it's like a seeming victory and then the chimera pops up and you're like, oh, fuck. I, I, I could victory. do that. Now, do they, is that still stinger style, Nick, or do they fold thrown in before the credits? I, I, I would, I would have it after, like, okay. I would have it like you end the episode on the celebration, the fucking, yeah, you know, yeah. And the, then the episode, credits and then, yeah. and then you see like coming out of hyperspace with its windows fully fixed. <laughs> The chimera. Right, yeah, right, yeah. He's just got, like, duct tape on it and some, yeah, some just, plywood. Yeah, you know, he's like, <laughs> oh, well, Thrawn's, you know. Thrawn's hanging out the side because he can't see through the wood. He's like, hey, bitches, I'm back. Yeah, he's like, I out the it. window. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, it's me. It's me. <laughs> I finally made it back after all these goddamn years. It's been, what, yeah. damn near 20 years. I've been 15 you gotta, years. I've been gone. At this point, you, like, okay, yeah, you've had the Thrawn mentioned, but, like, you really got to, like, you got to tease it harder. Like yes, you have to tease I, his I, actual return harder. I agree. I, I'm, Ahsoka I like is in your what, idea. fucking five months? Four August, months? yeah. Like, yeah. So. That's, the per- that's the perfect reveal. And, and, and I don't know if it's seeing him on his vessel, if the vessel even survived. I mean, you got to remember, he's been out there for years yeah, and years and years. A long time. Or if, it's, or if it's not even his return. If they just cut the Thrawn and, and you get it, like, oh, fuck. Yeah, well taking out Gideon that's that's really not that big a deal after all because there he is after you know there he is the captain was right even though he didn't quite believe in the story he was feeding the rest of the council he is ready and he is in waiting all right the fact that props keep saying Bo better not die Bo better not die I don't that I know that I know that he really likes Bo I mean and I definitely like I, I understand that. But I just wonder if he there's, knows there's something. There's nobody it, else that can I die. Just, you know, you never know with, with props anymore. Wait, I mean, he, he, yeah, he could you know. know. Like, he could know, and he's, he's trying to scare us away. I don't know. Yeah, he's just like, don't think that this is going to happen. But, like, I don't, I, I really don't know. Like, if it, if it's, like, sad, it's like, oh, no, sad boy times and stuff like that. It's either Bo or it's fucking Grogu. Well, Nick, here's the other even. thing. Filoni, and I, I forgot to bring this up, recently he's quoted as saying, like, listen, I think fans will be cheering during the finale. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Brendan Wayne is just out there, like, being a dick and throwing everybody but there off. Were, I, I mean, I wish I had my Discord open. If anyone's in the Discord, if you could pull up the, I know I shared a Dave post, maybe in spoiler. But he says something like, listen, it's, he's like, I think... I think fans will be cheering because, and I'm paraphrasing, he's like, chess pieces will be moved in such a way that fans should be excited. How's that? But I think that, like, if, if you're not a fan, if you're a fan, fuck if, you're, off, Siri. <laughs> if you're a fan, would you not cheer if, Thrawn, if like, you get the Thrawn stinger and you're like, yeah, that, yeah! I know, man. It, I mean, that's why I said it's like, I, I mean, Dave's quote gave me a bit of solace when you juxtapose it against Brendan Wayne whipping his dick out and pissing all yeah. over our faces. But 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, props is like, props is just a big fan. He is he's he's as worried yeah. as everyone else. Uh, she just makes the most sense to be the martyr. You know, I mean, she, she her song would be written. They'd be telling tales of Bo-Katan, riding the Mythosaur to retake Mandalore from the remnant. Who knows? Yeah, I don't Shit. know. I mean, we'll we'll have to see how it goes down. But like to me, it like if we're taking Brendan's word that this is going to be a, a real heart wrencher. Then there's only two characters, in my opinion, that can die that can really elicit that response. It's Grogu or it's Bo, and they're not going to kill their fucking cash cow. It's just not going to happen because I don't even think people would be that upset if Din died. Because like, if Din died, what? Like, are you really like gonna like gonna like cry your eyes out because Din's dead? Like, I don't think so. Like, I don't think that he's going to elicit that type of response. Not based on how he's been this season where, I mean, he has been kind of relegated as as lead number two. Um, you know, maybe season two where we got more of the helmet pop and the emotions coming from him. But I, I agree with you. I mean, he hasn't had that many. He, he's kind of fucking stoic right now. Yeah, you know? And it's like, like he and maybe it's just me because like I've never been like a Din guy. I've always been like like at, like the way that you feel about. um you know, about Cal Kestis. I don't quite feel like that about oh, Din. No. But don't like, you dare. Like, don't you Din, compare Din to Milktoast. Din, Din, Din is a character a that a story is told through. Like there's no story. Of, what's Din's story? Tell me what's, what's the story about Din? There isn't one. Like the story, like everything that we've seen in the Mandalorian is the story <laughs> told through Din. Yeah, you're but right. Is he, no, he is a vehicle. You're, you're, you are right. But like, he is a vehicle. But like th- there is a story about Bo. Like there is lore and there is history and there's story and there's, there's hinge points in the Star Wars franchise that are completely based around Bo-Katan. Whereas like Din is a vehicle for the story that's being told through the Mandalorian. He doesn't have it. His story is I was rescued and I lived with the watch that's that is his story and he's honorable and and he became even more honorable when he you know gave up his career as a bounty hunter to save Grogu and like he's a (laughs) he's a good dude like that's his story like so to me like if he dies like even if it was all of his story combined it's still not like a momentous loss for the galaxy what you lost the guy who was like a part-time bounty hunter that like over the last what 18 months has become like a like a cool guy who's trying to help the Mandalorians. Here we come go. Back? Props like, got it. Here, here's the line, Nick from Filoni. The fans will have a lot to take in. With any good ending, there's a moment you're cheering and you feel satisfied, but then you think back at all the things oh, that yeah. happen. Yeah, I mean, fucking Bo Katan's dead as fuck. Like that's that's what that means. <laughs> like, yeah, Nick's like fuck it. He's taking like, shit to the bank because Let's get like some it's, receipts. It's, it's the it's the last it's the last line that that gives it to you. Then you think back at all the things that happened. What do you think back on with Din if he dies? Like, what do you think back on when he found Grogu, what, 18 months ago? Like, well, yeah, that's that's the other thing. Linda brings us up here. I mean, if Din does get taken out, they they really have started to position Grogu with Bo. I mean, this episode, he was on her lap flying before. You know, he's been sitting in his pod. Like, they're they're, they're homies at this point. But Bo still, and I'm with with B Mad. I mean, a lot of us, thought Bo or, or someone would be more of an antagonist. I mean, that that's how they, they kind of set it up to be honest yeah. in, in the, in the marketing. I mean, um, but honestly, I, I loved story- her arc and, and she would be the most earned death 
if yeah. we do lose a main. I mean, storyline wise, if you want, it, like, if Din didn't get captured and is going to get fucking brain wiped, the, the best storyline move is to have him sacrifice her, himself for, for Bo, knowing that, like, this is the person that is that is destined to and should lead the Mandalorians into a bright future. Right. But that's that's kind of out the window now. I mean, unless you have a moment that goes like this, where like he's fucking mind flayed and he's on their side. Grogu sees it, works some force juice magic, switches him back at a critical moment in a when a fight's going down with Bo and then he sacrifices himself. And then Bo lives. That's the only way that I could see that happening. Um, but again, like if like at least for me, again, like this is all for me because I've never been a Din guy. If Din dies, it's because Nick crying. doesn't collect action action figures. Actually, That's why he doesn't like. I Din. don't collect action figures, <laughs> and like I like I just don't look at his story as something that's all that impressive. Like yeah, this the, the show is great, but the show is not about him. Like like the show is about everything that's going on in the galaxy. He, at I this mean, time. you are making a, a valid point and, and I'll just, I'll kind of round it home for you. What Nick is saying, Din Djarin is the C-3PO and R2-D2 of the Mandoverse. Yeah. And hear me out. They, and this is from George himself, the story of the OT is told via the Through droids. Yeah. If you, if you look at every main thing that happens, a droid is always with one of the factions. And, and that's kind of how we... We're taken on the adventure. I mean, hell, we we follow the droids to Tatooine to meet Luke Skywalker. That's what Nick is saying is correct about the character of Din Djarin. Now, I'm not such a hater on on the young foundling guy because he does look cool as a toy. <laughs> and he has some of the <laughs> yeah, best. I mean, he has some of the best fucking armor in the Mandalorian universe. But Nick is correct. Like the 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 we really haven't the Din isn't bringing this this legacy to the table or trying to f- yeah. fulfill a prophecy. He is our he's our not narrator, but he's the one kind of guiding us through the galaxy. Therefore, getting the full story. Yeah, I mean, like you're seeing this galaxy through his lens, and while he is not like he is building a legacy within. The world, like within right. the Star Wars universe, where people in the universe are like, oh, wow, this is the guy who does like bounty hunter shit. And now he's a Mandalorian and blah, blah, blah. Like his story is not rich nor deep. Like there is no substance Correct. behind him other than like what we have seen him do in the show. Um, so like until until J.J. Uh, Abrams makes him a Palpatine. Yeah, exactly. And then we find out that he was a clone of Palpatine the whole time. Hey, look, dude, you got you, you talked to Justin into joining the I hate Din Djarin fan club. He's, he's like, I don't care for Din he, Nick either. You're not alone. He, he is, I mean, <laughs> I'm glad that I got somebody on my side because I really do feel alone in this. Listen, I I'm told like, you. When I, I devolve when I watch Star Wars, I just have a fucking <laughs> grin on my face. So if a dude's walking around looking cool as shit, I'm like, yeah, I like that guy. Is that like I've I've had this in my head for so long, and I'm like, I can't tell Matt that I feel the same way about Din that he feels about 
about it's okay. About look, I, I, because, look, <laughs> I, I took it well. I mean, I, 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 that is that's a low blow to Dim. Like that, that's pretty fucking low to call him milk toast boy. But hey, I, I took it all right. I didn't freak yeah, out yeah, or yell. Yeah. And listen, you, you do make very valid points about the character. There's no fucking doubt about it. You know, I mean, if, if we didn't know that Pedro's lovable face was under there, I mean, he probably loses even more juice as a character. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I like that. All right, dude, just just for the sake of time, I mean, I, I love <laughs> going down rabbit holes w- with this stuff with you, but I also know you have you have hard outs to eat. So what we're going to do, and I don't think anyone's going to be upset. I mean, th- this episode of the Star Wars Time Show really was to, to kind of break down and celebrate Episode 7 and really get ourselves all worked up for this finale coming in a few hours. Um, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and cut the Bad Batch segment we had planned we'll we'll save that for next week or you never know maybe two weeks from now because i i have a feeling just based on what dave filoni's saying brendan wayne saying what the fuck we're saying the the finale breakdown next week could be another three hour ordeal like we're doing this be, week so um but either way we, we've got a plan we get we we do want to put bad batch season two to bed we got you know kind of a top 10 moments type of deal but we're going to move on real quick and, and get through the fan segment here. Just want to touch on this news. Not much to speculate, but uh, I'm a fan of this. The Expanse is Wes Chatham. Chatham yeah. Uh, like rumored to be cast in the Ahsoka series and uh, as Thrawn's right-hand dude. If you take that, which is coming from Deadline, and I compared it to a report that Making Star Wars had a while back about who he thought is Thrawn's right-hand man, uh, I'm I'm just throwing it out here right now. Could be potential speculation spoilers, just in case anyone cares. But I'm thinking Wes Chatham, if he's reported to be playing Thrawn's right hand man, is going to be playing this character MSW calls Enoch, who he says kind of looks like Destro from GI Joe, but golden. And has like samurai flair to his to his get up. So there's that. But Wes is a, I like. I mean, I at least liked him in the Expanse. I, I forgot oh, he that he great. was also in in Hunger Games, but he's one of the best characters in the Expanse. Yeah, I mean, which, Hunger Games. He like came in in the last like last right. Two like movies. he was one of the like in the two bangers, the older kids, right, or the or the the rebels. He, no, or he was a part of the were. fucking film crew. Like you remember? Oh, like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah, was yeah, part yeah. of film crew. All right, yep, That's gotcha. Cool. Uh, but yeah, if if you haven't watched The Expanse, by the way, do yourself a favor Fucking and add that fantastic. to your schedule. Fucking also, fantastic. not I don't want to get sidetracked here because of time, but if you are a a TNG fan and you haven't started into the final season of Picard yet. Get on that too, man. Talk about some great fan service. Love that fucking show. Paramount Plus really has done wonders with the Star Trek franchise over there, at least from all their new TV series. Okay, so that's that. And like I said, next week, maybe we'll do our, our Bad Batch kind of put the bed, or, or maybe we won't. Cause maybe I, we'll uh, go off on another yeah, three-hour-long break. Man, what, what, I did not expect that to happen. But hey, man, anytime we, we Nick, Nick deep. gets deep in the shit, I, I know he's engaged. So I'm just going to let it roll. <laughs> and here we go. Props saying, this has been a really fun episode. I love all the speculation leading into the episode tonight. Well, for us assholes, it'll be, you know, four or five in the morning. But I am jealous of the West Coasters that they kind of get to do this midnight 
watch I know, party. If I was on the West shows. Coast, I would I would be able to catch it before I go to sleep. But I yeah, because for you, it's what two a.m. drop right in Central Time. I think yeah, it's like I think it's two or three. I think it might be because I'm I'm three in the East, so you got okay. Be so two. it's two. It's, it's yeah. two. Yeah, it's two. Yeah, I, I can't justify that. And and like you in my thirties, dude, I I was almost like vampire where I'd stay up till two three. Sleep till about, you know, 9, 10, 11. But these days, once I became, you know, the dad, that that's over. I'm fully conditioned back to elementary school hours. So I'm usually waking around quarter to seven, seven, trying to be in bed by 11. Uh, midnight at the latest. I feel so, like such an old putz, but it is what it is. <laughs> I'll be up bright and early. I'll have my backup alarm set up just in case my Star Wars soul doesn't wake me naturally. But I do not think that's going to be a problem. Because I've honestly been thinking about the finale since last Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> Nick, it, it, for the first time since we started live streaming, it, it got, it almost got to the point where I fired up the fucking mic and, and camera and just oh, went so on myself like, blah, 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 <laughs> episode seven, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but I stopped because I realized I still have a real job and had to get some work done. <sighs> yeah, Brando, I'm with you, buddy. I'll probably be watching around um, 5.30, 6 a.m., Matt will look mindflayed. I always do. I'm bald and old. All right, people, let's end this episode with this week's fan segment. You know how we always do it. We do the question of the week, and then we do the top five Star Wars fan artist features. The way to get involved in question of the week is easy. You just got to be paying attention at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram uh, on Tuesdays. Look in our stories. Look in our profile for the prompt. Leave your thoughts and we might pick them up. And by might, it's usually going to happen because not that many people comment. So let me get some things switched around here real quick so we can do the question of the week. We need to go back to our, there we are. Look how pretty we look. Still (laughs) choppy, but looking good. All right, here comes question of the week. And that's not the right Slack screen. (laughs) there we go all right so what was your favorite or least favorite part from the mandalorian the spies the one with the tense ending and up first oh it's spas spas spencer best and worst moments all right was fantastic love the progression of the story and what's about to happen grogu's got his voice Love that he is growing as an individual and little leader himself and no I, i don't have tourette's I try to read these as Not written. Okay. Sea monsters and Mando semen. Yeah. What's he talking about? Is he talking about like Mando jizz there? I know what he's talking about. I'm in the gutter. <laughs> that's why. Mark my words. The mythosaur is going to be bigger fish. That monster. Least favorite moment. Could tell where the volume was used quite a bit. I, yeah. Those, dude, I don't good. know if I just don't want, like, I can't tell. Or maybe I'm just like not paying attention. I don't know. Because, dude, honestly, I feel like all modern CG is starting to look like shit again, like very noticeable. Just just go watch Ant-Man the Wasp is is all I'm saying. Uh, But where I notice it the most, Nick, is when they are on the surface of Mandalore. That's where it's to me kind of a a very stark reminder that they're on a set. But it's nothing that that, like takes me out of the fucking universe or anything. All right. Thank you, Spa Spa. Up next, Chris Z. Favorite Paz Vizsla's last stand. Short and sweet. We appreciate you, Chris Z. Go for it. This is the Star Wars foe. I don't have the full name, so who knows? 
something. something. Pho is good, man. Go get yourself pho. a bowl of pho. Star Wars never had it. Pho. If we're not including the past scene, probably the Shadow Council and the laser gates Gideon went through. I like it. Also, top moments I had myself. Star Wars foe. And there you go, uh, Nick. I'll, I'll let all you right. read the traditionals. My, uh, all right. Kicking it off from Bezikel73. Least favorite part of The Mandalorian has been season three, which, like, that's fine. Okay. And yeah, then uh, Star Wars props. Justin in the chat oh, says, my go. favorite part was Bo-Katan cutting a hole in the wall for everyone to leave. My least favorite part was the fact she made the hole too small for big paths to fit, so he had to stay behind a desk. <laughs> that was kind of an inconsiderate hole cut. Yeah, if like, he honestly, back, he's like, yo, do you see this? Do you see this? All right, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll sacrifice yeah. myself. I know that she's working with limited time, but man, you could have made it a little bit bigger. Uh, Slide his boy. fat ass out of there. Uh, good stuff. SW props. And then Ted five standing by says favorite part was how the tension and dread built was built up during Paz's final stand. The emergence of the Praetorian guards and his determination to meet them head on with his bucket held high. Yeah, man. I mean, he went out like a, like a hero for sure. Last stand of Paz Vizsla will be told in the annals of history right. of the Mandalorians forever. Songs from eons past. Isn't that what right. you say? I'm still trying to figure out how this fucking frame rate thing got so screwed. It looks like I got some work to do tomorrow. All right, so switching gears back to the top five. Okay, Nick, go ahead and introduce the top five while I fuck around with That's some right. scene so switches top here. Top five, if you want to get involved in this segment of our show, make sure to add tag uh, Star Wars time on all of your Instagram posts or your uh, that are Star Wars art related. Uh, also at Star Wars Time Show and hashtag Star Wars Time Show. I think that the, we we have so many hashtag Star Wars Time Shows on our on on the Instagram now. I think one hundred fifty four thousand. I would say we're over a hundred thousand for sure. See yep. that? So uh, keep using it. Hashtag Star Wars Time Show on your posts. Add tag Star Wars Time Show to make sure that you get seen and you get considered for a feature. That's right. Uh, all right. So kick this thing off first up for the top five. This week is at Umbra Toy Photos, and we have a fantastic Andor shot here. We see our good friend, Luthan Rael, and then his good friend, Mr. Cassian Andor, making their way through uh, Imperial Occupied. I I assume that this is Imperial Occupied Coruscant. Uh, cause we're, it seems like we're in the, the underworld section of Coruscant yeah, here. It looks yeah, very yeah. similar. I like it. Yeah. It looks very similar to what we saw in the opening shot of Mando with, with Kane talking to the IPD. So, um, no, it's just a fun, cool, colorful, uh, shot from, uh, an Andor perspective here from Umbra toy photo. That's right. Good. Yeah. I mean, th- this, this account right here, Nick is, they're really starting to excel at these, I guess I would call world building shots with action figures. You know, it's not, yeah. not just a, an action scene. It's not just a portrait. Like I, I like to get into it. It's a full universe. I mean, there are layers to these shots that Umbra toy photos puts out. So oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kudos to that pick. Cause it, this one's pretty legit. And really they, they've had some, like I said, just great full on scenes Kill, these past yeah, few killer weeks. Stuff. I mean, the, I think it, the, the, the most recent post is incredible. You see, Luke Skywalker, ROTJ Luke sitting there on a battlefield with a dark trooper behind him and an IPD. I mean, like it's very good, uh, like scenic cinematic type of shots that you get from uh, uh, Umber Toy Photos. All right. Next up, 
is a shot that we're not likely to see because she is a traitor. But this is from <laughs> at Lionworks on Instagram. And we see uh, the the armor here uh, laying her hammer into an uh, an Imperial Stormtrooper. Um, just a super clean shot. The armor always looks cool because of her kit and her get up in toy form. Uh, excellent posing here by Lionworks as well. Really getting to see the hammer kind of hitting the neck uh, and then her holding the tongs in the back too. And good, good pose here as the, uh, as the stormtrooper drops his weapon on the ground. So just a yeah, I'm, fun, clean I'm hoping shot. we, uh, we see some toy photography with her holding blasters soon. So we, we can pay yeah. off on that leak again. You know, I'm all right. Old, but yeah. You gotta, you gotta pay off. So the Reddit gods keep us, keep us featured. If we ever get uh, specifically more, an more Imperial leaks. blaster, because we know that she's a traitor and that she's going to pick up an Imperial <laughs> <blaster>. <laughs> Uh, good shit at Lion Works on Instagram. Next up is at Ben's Toy Photography underscore. And this is a super clean shot here of uh newly minted Darth Vader, aka Anakin Skywalker, making his entrance into it seems like he's making his entrance into the Jedi Temple to go have himself a youngling barbecue. What I'm confused about in this shot, Matt, maybe you could clarify this for why is one of his boys just like sitting on the ground and not in formation? Uh, yeah, sure. I can explain this for you, Nick. Okay. It's, um, you know, Anakin, he, he, at this point, he's a little angry, kind of dicky. Yep, yep. So he made all the clones walk from their barracks to the Jedi temple. And that guy's like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I've had enough. Like, and he's just, just, yeah, he's like, yeah. I got to take a break. So he's just this sitting was down, the- catching his breath. This was the first clone dissenter when, when, when Anakin's like, we're going to go kill all the kids. He's like, nah, man, I'm going to sit this one out. Yeah. He's like, fuck it. Yeah. He he got in there. He's like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm just going to take a seat. But yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I I see what you're saying, but I I still like the shot, but it is, (laughs) it it is is kind of like, what would this guy like just fucking keel over the moment they walked in the door or what? (laughs) Yeah. He was, he got caught with a stray immediately. Like, so like this was like, as soon as they walked through the door, one of the masters was like, Oh shit. Like he's like this guy. Yeah. He's like, he's he's like the first, he's like the first poor soul on the, on the storming of Normandy. As soon as the, the, the ramp dropped, door drops. Yeah. He, he takes the shot. There you go. That's what it is. Immediately. That, that uh, brave motherfucker ate it. Overall, I mean, like, I, I, what really drew me to this is he caught Anakin's face really well in this shot. I think he did a really good job of catching it. Yeah, yeah, him. yeah. I like the like how it's framed, the kind of the, the lighting there, allowing the shadows yeah. to come in on the right side. Yeah, yeah, it was good stuff. I mean, I am trying to to find, I know in the past I've said that I, I you know, I post only stuff that I love, but I I am trying to, you know, poach out a few new accounts we don't see all the time. Give them a little bit of juice. And that would yes. be Ben's toy photography underscore. There we go. Good stuff. Uh, number four in the top five, but again, these are in no particular rank order, is at South P24. South P24 is one of our favorites here. Of course, uh, we see Din and Bo Katan, potentially for the last time, because Bo's going to die in the next episode. Um, surrounded by a bunch of B1 battle droids. You see, you see, uh, it seems like a K2 droid there, an Imperial security droid. You see, uh, four LOM there or four LOM type droid as well, as well as a, like one of the, uh, sail barge droids 
just surrounded by droids and gonk, of course, um, getting ready to go to battle in the middle of a cantina, I guess. It just seems well, it, like it, South It's, it's kind of, well, it's like um, last week, man, on Plazier 15, yeah. we're in the droid bar, and, and this is, I, I guess it's a, yeah, it's a guess, reimagining yeah. of that scene to where, you know, Bo and Din's, yeah, their, their interrogations, the whole good cop, bad cop didn't quite work out the right way, and, and the droids get a little little up in arms over having some meat bags in their establishment. Indeed. Indeed. So I, I like how he jammed so many different droids in here. You even have the Dio. Dio. You yep. got Dio. You got the sail barge Gonk, droid. You K2, got IG 11. You got 99s back yep. there. Yep. You got all of, you got There's the whole game. IG Death Star oh. droid. Yeah. It's good shit. I mean, really, if you look at these figures, Nick, notice the soft goods, these, as we've talked before and have featured, South P is like a a master craftsman at making one twelve scale Hot Toys figures, and that's what you're seeing right here. These are both oh, yeah. customs, meant to look like Hot Toys, but they are you know just a they're a six inch figure. It's pretty sweet. Oh yeah, good good stuff here at South P twenty four on the Instagram, and then our final shot for the top five this week is at collectors dot orbit on instagram we have an awesome crossover i always love when we have these crossover kind of kind of like universe mashing shots and what we see here is our 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 favorite clones you see wool or you see rex and then who's the one in the back like we got rex in the front and then is that a named clone like right behind him because the two flankers are just like normal guys right Uh, it might be jesse Back there. Yeah, it's hard to hard to tell in the back, but it definitely is is Rex up front, um, and they're fighting off uh, uh, just a whole gaggle of xenomorphs. xenomorphs. Yeah, xenomorphs coming from the side, xenomorphs coming from the front. It's almost like if if Alien versus Predator, the first uh, like the first AVP, instead of having predators, it was clone troopers. Just fucking. I I would buy that. All these I'd watch down. that shit. Hey, oh, yeah. and like we said, thanks to the comics, recent, maybe within the last year or two, Alien, Predator, and Star Wars is a shared universe. All, all the same universe. All the same. Universe. I'll never forget that comic. It was like a, some Imperial Antiquities dealer, not named Luthan Rael, and he literally had a Xeno skull and a Predator mask in his collection. Yeah. So, enough said. It's real. Good, good shit. Well... Make sure you follow at Collector's Orbit on Instagram. That is the end of the top five. Woo-woo. And that's the end of our show for this week. It was a long one. It was a very deep Mando discussion and deconstruction. And I guarantee you that everything that we speculated will be correct in the episode that will air tomorrow. AKA. He's right. He's right. I mean, we actually, I mean, when it just comes to the pre-episode speculations, I, I think we've been pretty damn spot on. And, and we will. We'll revisit our preseason uh, wants and wishes and predictions. I think that's that's always fun to kind of look and see how far off we were yeah. and where things ended up. So we'll, we'll have that coming up for you on the next or next next episode of the Star Wars Time Show. You never know. Like I said, this week wasn't expecting to spend this much time on episode seven, but I'm glad we did. It was good shit. We, we got to kind of go through the full gamut of the episode itself and how it sets up this finale that we're all frothing at the mouth to watch as soon as possible. I mean, it's quarter to eight here, East coast time. 
that, that, that means our, you know, my, I'm, I'm closer and closer and closer to my natural wake up call, but it's time to go. It's time to go. My computer's blowing up. Frame rates are dropping too much. I really thought I was going to have a smooth presentation this week, but it's not the case. So, hey, we love you for for sticking with our jaggy looking broadcasts. But what we need you to do at this point in time is get your happy asses over to StarWarsTime.net. Check out the site. We do put up some content through there throughout the week in between shows. And it's really your best place to go on the Internet to get LinkedIn hooked into. We want your hooks into us. So get over there, StarWarsTime.net, sub to the podcast, all right? Even if you just watched the live stream, we'd love for you to sub to one of the podcast platforms, and more importantly, once you do that, leave a rating and review, all right? If you haven't done that yet and you're listening right now, I'm telling you, it's going to take 30 seconds. You'll be doing us a solid rate and review on the podcast platforms. And like our friend Linda is saying here in the live stream chat, make sure to hit that like button on the stream, leave a comment. Save it. Clip it. We'd, re- we'd really love for you all to start clipping the content. If we say something extra stupid or extra wise, go ahead and shout it on top of the mountaintops to everyone that you think would give a rat's ass. Um, like Devin's saying right here, look, everyone read this on the stream. He just told some more buddies to watch the show today. That's, that's, what, that's what we're asking for, okay? So keep it up. There's always time for Star Wars Time. Don't forget, StarWarsTime.net. Hit it, browse around, sub to those podcasts, do what you got to do. There's always time for Star Wars time. That's all you got to keep telling yourself. And if someone says, why would we want to tune into the Star Wars time show? Okay, ready? What do you say? Well, because there's always time for Star Wars time. All right. And don't forget, my friends, if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the force will be with you. You, 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 and you. Always.